on YouTube. We watch the best movies that uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen. By uh, here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch. are tuned into the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio FM. It is Wednesday, August 28th. Uh, high noon. I'm not sure of the dates. I've been uh, really busy and the whatnots with preparing for my eventual exeunt from the country. Uh, the next three weeks... I won't be here. Uh, LaToya has the ability, if she so, so chooses, to come in and do some Alta casting for you folks. But I will be in Italy and Greece. In Oh, there's TK Moyer. He is a special guest today. It's very exciting. Uh, he gets to be one of the people that get to say goodbye to me before I leave for Italy or Greece next week. He's probably been to one or both of those places during his time in the Navy, I am assuming. He probably even speaks a little Italian, definitely more than I do. And uh, hey, I'd like to welcome, I'm a very special guest today, TK Moyer. Yay! Is it this microphone? Sure, yeah. Whichever one makes you, there we go. Hello everyone, as I put my headphones in. How is everybody doing out there in Muni yeah. Radio Land? There, there. Uh, we have TK Moyer, special guest, uh, the King of Edinburgh Castle. Also uh, has a podcast, Man Overboard, oh. at FCC Free Radio on Thursdays from four to six. That's right before, a couple hours before his show at Edinburgh Castle on Thursdays. Also holds down the fort on Mondays. What a great open mic that is! Thank you. Yeah, over there on Geary Street. Also super close to where I live, so I. Totally love that. I, I moved now, so it's not as close as I used to be. Oh, where did you move out of the city? Now I moved up to Knob Hill. Oh wow, it's still pretty close. It's, it's pretty. It's not as close. Like it used to be like two blocks away. Right, right, right. But now it's it's about like ten blocks away. Oh, yeah, it's ten blocks away. And, and, a, and a huge hill. Well, you could take the 19 down. Oh, I just walk. This is a great way to lose weight and save money. Well, sounds perfect. <laughs> well, welcome to your new transition into Knob Hill. What did it do? Thank you. Well, you you going you going away for a little bit? Yeah. Um, next week, Jonathan and I are going to. I found really great tickets, super cheap from um, SFO to Rome round trip. It was like 550 bucks with oh, everything yes. included, like taxes and the whole deal, which I think is nuts. So I thought, well. We should go. Yes. Then, because if it's only you know five hundred and fifty dollars round trip for each of us, and then the Airbnbs out there are so inexpensive, like yes. like thirty, like the ones we just got last minute for the lady who we were gonna stay with when we got there never took my money, and I'm like, oh, so we're gonna be there on the fifth? I guess not. So I found a different one in Rome, no big deal, and it was only thirty seven. It's thirty seven bucks a night, and not euros, dollars. Yeah. Which is like it's even better. It's crazy. So you're supposed to go on this vacation. Exactly. Basically. So it's, it's the whole thing is, is not expensive, and I also just need to get out of the country and let some things blow over here. Yes. Before wrong uh, with that. before I come back and and turn 44. Oh yeah. Yeah, in uh, October. So when we come back, there's very little time before I'm old. 
<laughs> officially. <laughs> so I am oh, officially man. middle age. I think that 44 is when you got to go like, yeah, I'm uh, middle aged. Is it? I think that 44 is kind of directly in the middle. Oh, I would, okay. Right? I it's it like half 50. of 88. But people don't live to 100. People live to like 88 maybe. So 44 would technically be exactly halfway. Yeah. Good point. Okay. Well, I, got I mean, something you could, you could, I mean, you're you young tykes just running around like crazy in the city. And that's one of the reasons I feel like I need to go experience the world a little more is that, I mean, while I can still walk around and only take a backpack and walk up and down stairs and not worry about all that stuff. I mean, you know, I don't want to like wander around ancient Athenian ruins and in a walker. Why not? You need to take your sweet time. That's what I would do. <laughs> I'm bringing my walker and I'm walking my dog at the same time. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Straight Have the docker walk the walker and yeah. then you kind of like get pulled behind. Okay. Oh, he said it'll be like a was that like a bobsled dog? Except a walker sure. dog. Yeah. Uh, what are they? They're they're um, they mush. They're yeah. They're uh, not bobsled because that's like. Well, not bobsled, but the uh, the um, what is that? They're just um, dog sleds, I guess. Just dog sled, yeah. yeah. I did say bobsled, didn't I? Well, I watched Bob that movie. Dog and God. I watched that movie, uh, Cool Runnings, the other day. Oh, so bobsled is straight on my mind. I've been watching like a lot of classics lately. Classic Disney movies from your youth. Man, what? Remember Hercules, the animated? Well, you know what? That was the first. That was that one was. Um, I was an adult when that one came out, and I I was a big lover of Disney for a long time, and that was one of the ones where I was like, why don't I? like this is like I should like it I think I like it now more now that I'm now because I like Danny DeVito so much more mm-hmm. and I think it was that they had like the muses singing all soul and stuff but they didn't make them black weren't they still white or made that they made them blue they were black were they black or yeah. they weren't blue yeah. anyways I was like why are we make it, I mean I found it interesting what they were trying to do it's the same thing Disney's doing now where they're like we had a story where two the love isn't between a man and a woman it's two sisters or they're trying to like bring up different I think that was the first time where Disney was like hey let's like try to do something that's not racist if we're gonna talk about ancient Greece let's put, put some black, black people, people in, in there <laughs> this, this, people gonna love us for this one cause when they, they did, that guy got fired a, a, ancient Greece had a lot of slavery and not it didn't matter what color you were there was yeah. just slavery because like there was rich and there was poor and there were like two slaves for every thinking man so when you're thinking about Aristotle or Socrates or these guys that got to sit around and think all day and make up all the philosophy about man and man's worth these are people that have two slaves like on average yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah Disney all the, made all the, yeah good point so they could just stand they could just think all day because they didn't have to worry about procuring or cooking food or cleaning their clothes or doing and you know like it, it wouldn't it be nice to create art if you didn't have to worry about like making fucking money you know like Ah, like how am I gonna pay rent? Because then, what does your art become about? Like, how do I pay rent? And I, I mean, maybe that's funny if we're comedians. I think it's if I take it about a different approach. So I've always had this mentality, and uh, my ex-girlfriend would say this a lot when I was in London. She was Italian, actually. She taught me all the Italian I know. Ooh, Italian dictionary pillow. No, she was a anyway. Pillow so <laughs> she uh, basically, um, I forgot what we were talking about that fast. Oh yeah. It, it, Money, having one's oh, own yeah. room, so, creating uh, art. She would ask me things like, because uh, I was a, a struggling comedian in London before I, uh, I started winning competitions. And she would say, like, how do you stay so happy 
when you have to make ends meet. And I was like, well, that's a trick. You got to be happy regardless. Oh. You have to be happy even when the times are bad. You got to be like, you got to be, you got to believe in yourself no matter what. Like, you got to believe the sun is shining even when there's a volcano going on, like erupting and a thunderstorm is on its way. You got to be like, hey, man, look. The sun is shining, man. Like I'm still alive, I'm still here, and I'm still I'm still grinding. It's perspective. That's that's a good way to do it for me. Like the money, like uh my you know Bernie Mac. Yes. That's my I think everybody hero right there. And he was on Oprah and he said that uh, don't chase the money because you'll get tied up only thinking about money. Mm. But if you be the best that you can be at all times, the money will find you. Well, and that's nice the best way, way to, to that's the it. best way to do it. And that's how I've, and people called me crazy for that back at home. Like, dude, there's so much going on, this, that, and third. How, why are you sitting here smiling? And I'm like, because I know in the midst of all this struggle and all this uh, bad weather, whatever, whatever you have it, I know I'm gonna be all right. That's a that's a very. But you were raised religious, right? So you're like, God will take care of me. Oh no, it don't. No, God don't take care of you like that. It, <laughs> it don't work like that. God, he'll hear your prayer. And he gonna see what you gonna do, right? And then like uh, he'll see he'll see if you really want what you're asking for. See, I'm more on the side of like um, the the God the God totally takes care. Like like the Bible verse: Look to the birds of the sky; they do not reap or stow or sow sow or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father takes care of them. And I'm like, I wish I was a bird. <laughs> There's food everywhere in this city. If I was a bird, you say that and now. If you look at the pigeons, pigeons, pigeons have like have you have you looked at pigeons pigeons lately? Oh yeah. Pigeons, uh, I be looking at them as well, cause you know pigeons in the city are gangsters. They well, don't, they don't fly are. away from you. They, they'll look at you as you walking down the they street, and they, and they just, they'll move out the way, but they won't fly away, right? I've seen some pigeons with like one foot. I've seen pigeons oh, yeah. with gout, missing toes, yeah, missing absolutely. toes. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. yeah, man. You see it wrapped up. Sometimes they have something wrapped, and you're like, they're gonna lose a foot. Yeah, you see like, it. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah. I'm glad I'm not a pigeon. <laughs> well, there's actually some really smart pigeons in the city, and I think that this goes into the this metaphor goes into what you were talking about. Is pigeons can fly? There's ones in the tenderloin. Go to the top of the hill. That that park next to Grace Cathedral. Yes. All the babies in that park are just throwing crumbs of everything from goldfish crackers to foie gras bits to whatever if you, lunchables you, you could I mean so that's the thing is that the pigeons that live in the tenderloin are like this is okay I got food I mean when they could fly 10 blocks up the hill and they could be fluffy pretty pigeons with like all their feathers and maybe not as much lice right I think, I think those pigeons got that turf on it's like it's like well, different turfs for they? pigeons yeah maybe have you seen pigeons fight I have it's not hilarious seen fight. They, they'll walk up like let's say you throw out like a cracker on the ground or something like that right and it's all crumbled up the pigeons it'll be some pigeons eating nice and peaceful but then out of nowhere this big pigeon comes up puts his chest out and start pecking at the other chickens mm. like get out get out of my I said chickens pigeons chickens. like get out of my way I've these seen are him, mine I've seen them do things with their wings where they'll like lift up a wing and like cover up another like fuck with them with their wing and yeah. like get out of here yeah, yeah like, put them in a headlock pretty much it's like put a them in the head. chicken wing I mean <laughs> but it's it, it goes back to the idea that Yes, the food is there, but it's our, our will has to go after it. You yeah. Know? And hey, pigeons in the. I just get a unique view of pigeons because I'm I hang out with small children, and in different parts of the in parts of Soma that you could go to the YBCA that whole Unibrena Gardens section. Yeah. And those pigeons are crazy. Like they know 
the ones at the park with the kids, they like, no, you can actually fake throw and they'll come out and be like, whoa, something's coming. Like, yeah, they come out in bunches. There's like, and they even, they were like, they pecked the little boy I was with his shoe and he was like, ah, it's like, yeah, don't let them touch you. They're dirty. But, <laughs> but they were like, they're like, yo, they were come getting on. It. They we were know like, you got some. We, we know you got more crackers no, no. in those pockets. I seen a pigeon. Uh, yeah, I was. I, you know, I do tours in the morning now. Oh, cool. I do free walking tours. Awesome. And I, I tell people the history of San Francisco because it has a very unique history. But I think one day I had about. Uh, it was yesterday actually. I had about uh, twenty six people in the morning. I think something like that. And we went down Maiden Lane. I'm telling them that's oh, the uh-huh. first red light district of Absolutely. San Francisco, uh-huh. right? As so I'm talking about this. This pigeon, like, is flying very low altitude between each person in the tour. It's not hitting nobody, but it's just going through everyone until it got to me and it went straight up. And I was like, yo, man, these pigeons are straight gangsters. They ain't scared of nobody. Like, at home, I don't think we have pigeons in North. Like, we do have them in North Carolina, but not like, you don't see them like you do in the cities. Rats with wings. They are rats with wings. Yeah. They are. But they're more, way more delicious than rats. I mean, if in the apocalypse, I mean, the Real Egyptians, talk. well, no, Egyptians eat them. They call them squab. Also, the oh. French eat them. Whenever you see squab on a menu, that's pigeon. Thank that's you for telling baby me that. Pigeon. Squab. squab. I need to write that down. Squab is pigeon. That's French, you said? French and the Egyptians eat a lot of squab, French too. French and the Egyptians. Sure when I go back to squab. France and Egypt, I'm not eating no kind of squab spelled S-Q-U-A-B. A-B, thank you. Squab. That's pigeon. Do we say it in the hood and shit? We say squab. Like you got mad squabbles, boy. Like yeah, yes. Yeah. A squabble is another word for a fight. Yeah. And it might come from pigeons and squab because, like you said, they peck each other and they will squabble over food. They will squabble over scraps. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. the way you did that. Like you, your your black dictionary came out. Yes, and hood is known as fighting. <laughs> well, squabble though? That's a word. That's a. I think it's actually probably an old English word to make is. fun of the French. I mean, oh. I would think because the English and the French are like, your father was a goat and your mother smelled of elderberries or whatever the fuck they're saying. <laughs> your mama ate squabs. Yeah, your mama. <laughs> yeah. Your mama is a squab. Oh, that is great. Different, that is, different that is than amazing. the scrubs. It's, I, it's not, I don't want no squabs. It's, I don't want no scrubs. I don't want no squab or no scrub. I don't want no scrubby squabs. That's squabs are actually good, though. And in the apocalypse, I will find and keep and murder the best most fluffiest pigeons with all their legs. How do you catch legs. a pigeon? You, well, the way to do it really is to be friends with them and to make a coop on top of your building. Oh. And then to feed them and invite them in and mm-hmm. take care of them at night and say, you are my friends. Here is your food. Come inside. Yay. Look how comfortable it is here. And then you let them out during the day and they will come back. Sometimes they bring friends. Sometimes they have babies. And then you have these friendly squ- squabs, these friendly pigeons that are your friends. And then you just take one off quiet. Well, then you pet them and try to keep them, you know, not full of disease or whatever. And then you just take one off one day and you just kill it and then you tell the other pigeons like oh it went to a better place like and you don't, you don't show them and then you have your hot water and you first you know you dip the chicken in the hot water and you take well first you take out its guts you know yeah you gotta, you gotta throw take the feathers off and then you dip it in the hot water mm-hmm. and then you take the feathers off mm-hmm. and then you chop off the head and the feet mm-hmm. and then you go from there just pretend like it's chicken after you kill tiny it. tiny chicken that's all you gotta and do then because this is apocalypse times you um, stuff it with figs there's a lot of fig trees in the city uh, they're all over the place there are people's backyards that's right we talked about this before so no figs but I would find something like that and then I would roast it over an open fire Really? It would be delicious. I have to be honest. I'm surprised you're not in Burning Man. 
right now. I, you know, and I, that's thank you for saying that. Um, I have been to Burning Man three times. You have? I have in 2003. I had a ticket in 99, but I had a drug test, so I couldn't go. Oh, and okay. back then, the ticket was $99. $99 in 1999, Compared to 2018. Compared to, which is like $750. Yeah. So... I went in 2002, 2003, 2007, and the reason I moved to San Francisco was Burning Man in 2007. Um, I had left my husband, I had gotten my first DUI, I had already, my first boyfriend um, broke up with me, because, and I'm so pissed. He should have done it before Burning Man, because then I could have fucking been a player you at Burning been, Man. Oh my I would have had so much. I was in a nitrous tent with a hot guy named Crash, and he was stretching me. And I'm very flexible, because I used to be a ballerina. And I was having the best time, and I'm doing all this nitrous, and I wanted to make out with this guy so badly. He was so fucking hot. And you are amazing. I didn't, because I had this boy, because I'd left my husband, and I never cheated on my husband. Yes. And then I had this new boyfriend named you David, and he was either. so hot. And I was like, I'm going to Burning Man. Bye, David. Don't worry. I'll be cool. I won't do anything. And then I come back from Burning Man and he dumps me like three days later. I was like, holy fuck. I could have had so much fun at Burning Man. You selfish prick. You are amazing for that. For You you deserve an applause for that right oh, Because there. I didn't do because you did gross not. things with people at Burning Man. Exactly. I know a lot of individuals, me included, that would have just, yeah. Hey, man. Hey, it's Burning Man. It's, um, it's the moment. And I'll deal with the consequences afterwards. But I would brought a lot of condoms with me, though. That's that's the thing. Right. Yeah. But man, I I applaud you. Like that right there. I mean, I just I, I'm I'm more like you nowadays. People. When I was younger, I really did not care. I would no. But now that I'm thirty, um, that's my midlife right there. That's my midlife. See, I was married for thirty. Or I was with. I wasn't married for thirteen years. I was married for seven, but I was with the same man for thirteen years, and he okay. was the only man I'd been with. So, I was when I left him. I, you know, I've always kind of been a serial monogamist if I'm with someone. Now, when I first moved to San Francisco after I left my husband and I was thirty-three, I mean, there's dudes I slept with. I don't even remember who they are. Like, yes. there could be people, and they'd be like, "Look at me," and I'd be like, "I don't even know what you're talking about," <laughs> and because I don't, I, pff, I don't know. Uh, there's only there's only in that there's only like and and those ones I'm like did I have a one night I don't know or anyways but there was there's one one night stand that I know that I did and it's funny because now I'm actually friends with him Mm -hmm. and like my friends were friends with him for a while and and everything was weird and awkward but I was making it this is like from 10 years ago right but now like we're all we even work we work at the same place and it's no big deal and like we've never like talked about it or anything but for a while for, it finally came out to sort of everyone because they were like why does Pam not like you and he's like well I kind of had a one night stand with her like 10 years ago and she's like forgive me <laughs> or like 5 years ago or whatever it was and then I was like finally Jonathan's like can you not be uncomfortable with him it doesn't matter and I was like okay good it doesn't matter alright cool we're all on the same page on that um, I've, that, I've had a fear of that actually I've had a fear of uh, being cool well, let's say I'm at Edinburgh Castle, right? Mm-hmm. And I meet an Edinburgh, let's say I meet a dude there who's like hella cool, and we end up kicking it and like becoming like good friends from that that one night, right? Sure. And next thing you know, my girlfriend walks in, and she like pulls to the side like, "Hey, just so you know, I fucked that guy like uh, two, three years ago." Nah, I'm, I've always had a. I don't know what I would do at that point. It's it's a weird. It's it's not something that I even wanted to like say or acknowledge or anything, but. I mean, I was mad at him for a couple of years. I was just like, you're a jerk. Because like, once I actually knew who he was and I knew he was friends with my friends, I was like, 
you fucking jerk. But he's like, you know, I was young back then, and we were all drinking and having fun and whatever. But I was like, because I remember this too. I woke up at his house and I liked him. I thought he was, I thought he was the cat's meow, and um, I had sex with him, and I was fine with that, and I was all Twitter pated and excited about the morning. Twitter pated, yeah, and I be reference. And I'm like batting my eyelashes and like trying to hang out a little longer, and he's trying to kind of get me out of his house, and I was like, can I get your number? And he looked at me and he goes, I will never lie to you. And I was like, that's not the answer to that question. <laughs> and he's like, no. And I was like, oh, okay, bye. And then I like, and I was coming, and then then I was walking down the street, and I'm like, I'm gonna take some acid. This sounds like a good time to take some acid. So I took some acid while I was walking home, and then I went to my friend's house, and we talked about it. And she was like, you are a real San Franciscan now. You had your first one night stand. Look at that. <laughs> like sometimes guys, they talk to you all night, and you you take and you think that they're gonna like you. They don't. They don't. And then I realized like, oh, that's what they do. So if I want to have sex with them, I know that it might just be. And you, if you're gonna have sex with them on like very soon after meeting them, even within a week, they have no expectations on them whatsoever. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're your boyfriend. It doesn't mean anything. It does not mean a thing. But I didn't know that enough. because I came from a place where I'd been with the same guy for 13 mm-hmm. years and then I was in a relationship for three months and then all of a sudden I'm here and I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And, I, and he was, my husband, my first husband was my first boyfriend. Yeah. So that's, like, just, that's amazing. Right. Because I grew up so like, it almost in a nunnery. Like it was, the, my, my people were very rich and very strict and they put the shame of Jesus into me so that I would not ever want to be naked in front of anybody. <laughs> they did the same thing to me, but then I became extra sneaky. That's what it was. See, the problem is I'm not sneaky. I'm really honest. Like, That's I good. really... You are what amazing person, be, I can't... Well, but no, it gets me into trouble, dude. Me having what I consider honesty and integrity makes a lot of people not like me. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised you came on the show today. I... I you're one of my heroes. Oh, that is the so You know that already. Oh, For the cry. people who are listening, when I first came to San Francisco, I, I was in the military, and I was doing comedy in the military. And then I came here, and I did not do comedy for a full year. I got here 2012, August 2000, end of August. It's my anniversary. Oh, my goodness. Oh, shit. It is my anniversary. I did not realize this. It's your six-year anniversary for being here? Yeah. Wow. wow. Congratulations. And we're doing it on your show. This is perfect. Yay. <laughs> welcome. Just welcome. It's like glad you stayed in San Francisco. I, and then, uh, yeah, I came here. And then the first semester of school, I didn't do any comedy. I told people that I wanted to, but I was just trying to get a feel for the city. And then the next full year, I didn't do any comedy. And it wasn't until like 2014, I had uh, the girl, uh, I had my heart broken for the first time in San Francisco. And then That's I saw. That's why you weren't doing comedy. You were too. You were doing too much pussy. <laughs> yeah, trying to. I was trying. I was trying to be uh, trying to become a real San Franciscan, but yeah. <laughs> it was difficult at first. But then, like, uh, I went to Brainwash. Rest in peace, Brainwash. Mm-hmm. Met Tony Sparks, and then uh, a couple, a few months later, I joined the Bacon on Facebook. Right. Right. Yeah. And then that's, I kept seeing your name everywhere. Uh, from the radio show to comedy shows to people just leaving uh, comments with your name about getting in touch with Pam about this, that, and the third. And I was like, yo, who is this Pam Benjamin? I got I got real. And I saw you at a couple shows and you killed this shit. Oh, thank you. I was just too nervous to go up and say hello. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> but then uh, I, when I got back from, I, went, I moved to London later that year, did the competitions. When I got back, Stroy Moyd from Hello Funny put me on. 
I became a hell of a funny member, and then I uh, went back to London, came back. Then I got to actually be acquainted with you. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yo, this is a long way. Like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> just took two years for me to finally say hello to my hero. Oh, you're the <laughs> nicest person. Like, you're amazing, man. You, you've been killing the comedy scene here for a minute. Like, you, it's more than just me, though. Like, when you're not at Edinburgh Castle, we have a lot of conversations about people who we, who inspired us in the city. And you're one of the many oh, names that comes up. That's, that's. You are, you are. You are the voice of San Francisco. Oh, that's uh, that is an amazing thing to say. But you didn't hear the, all the stuff from last week. They tore me down. The, my favorite quote from last week's show, when the ladies came and attacked me, was, um, and it's on the podcast. You can hear it. You're so fucking unfunny that you have to position yourself as a villain to get attention. Yo, I saw you post that shit, and yeah. I almost almost commented like, "Who the fuck said that about my Pam?" Yeah, there's <laughs> there three three well known female comedians came in here? to the here on happy hour. It's all on the pot. It's all on the, and that's the thing is, I, I I wrestled as to whether to publish it or not as a podcast on the website because. It actually gets into the stuff I wanted to talk about today, which is um, slander, defamation, blackballing, the court of public opinion, Ooh, all good. of that kind of stuff. So I can use your advice about something. Well, that's and that's what happened is that there was an issue um, with, and I don't want to hash this whole part up again, but mm-hmm. there's a comedian that was publicly accused of rape. Yo, I had the same then, thing with the. Oh my God, that's the same thing I want to talk to you because he yeah. came to my spot. And then people got mad at you. They, uh, when we first started out, one person came to me like, hey man, this individual you can't is known them. for, uh, for he's used it a certain way. He said, rape something. They, I, I think I was they like, say what does that a known mean? offender or a, uh, what are the other words they're using? Uh, predator. It, yeah, it's, or, it's some way he put it. So I didn't know the person who said that. And, and, and a lot like, of people don't even know the guy that they're accusing. I've actually, I've actually been incredibly good friends. I've been really good friends with him for like seven years. He's one of my comedy heroes because one night when he slept over at my house and nothing happened because we're just friends and everything was fine. And in the morning we woke up and we were walking around. And I was like, let's get a donut or something. And we were talking about comedy. And he said, the only thing... I was like, what, what do you do all day with your comedy? What are you doing? And he said, I just have to make one person laugh every day. And then I'm a comedian. He's like, that's what's important to me is making people laugh. Yeah. And I, that stuck with me as like, that's what it's about is making people laugh. But so what happened was that I thought everything had blown over. I was, I knew that in the community, it was like, don't book this guy. And I didn't know that it was forever. I mean, I thought, Jesus, it's been like six months. I can't have him on a show. He's my friend. I didn't got to see him anywhere. I think he's funny. I've done his show. He has a show um, at the Buckhorn on Thursdays. I've done that show with him. But so I'm like, I I mean, so I booked him on a show. And they came on and slandered him and then said terrible things about me. like, Like saying, I don't know, you got in a car accident or something and knocked your head and now you're all crazy. And I'm like, well, I'm not all crazy. And it was three of them like attacked me. And, and what I, the only re- the only way I could defend myself was by saying that I don't believe in slander yeah. and I don't think that the court of public opinion is to take people's private business when they haven't been formally accused. There hasn't been any prosecution. There yeah. hasn't been any case or law or proving that it's all the court of public opinion. And 
are we the mafia? Are we the new comedy mafia that we say? So, and I felt like they actually called. They told, they told everybody, they said, everybody get up and walk out of here. Don't support this. And they were like, we don't support you. We will never book you. Each one of them was like, I won't do shows with you. And so they strong armed me into saying, okay, I'll take him off this eight o'clock show from last Friday. And I didn't let him perform. And I said, I'm so sorry, blah, blah. But all of those all of their like things still stand like I should have had him on the show because either way the damage is done yeah to me that people are like oh I'm not going to work with Pam anymore or people that listen to it are like Pam's a rape supporter or and it's not I'm not a supporter of rape no, I'm a supporter of free stupid. speech and I'm I just don't I'm, I'm a supporter of free speech but not of slander and I think that what it comes down to is that our president in these Trumpian times has been tweeting things like a 12 year old and it's all gossip and slander it's terrible not only does he misspell things which is totally unprecedented oh, which no. we should completely <laughs> you know that when you you can impeach a president for unprecedented like conduct we could impeach him for his par- terrible tweets because he he calls people fat and ugly and that's you don't do that like they they could have called me all kinds of things they could have talked about my politics they could have talked to that they could have called me a terrible feminist but to say that I'm not funny that's like to, and to say that I'm crazy and to say that I'm stupid and now to you, say yeah, things like they're, they're being the bully you're being right so there. stupid they're, they're being the bullies they were being bullies and so I felt that way but I didn't want to, I just, I feel like anybody can boycott whatever they want and yeah. if they want to, but once you start convincing other people to boycott, that's when you get into, that's another, called, that's another chapter, right? That's when another. you just, when you besmirch someone's name so that they can no longer conduct the business that they were previously conducting, like, so they can no longer flourish in their chosen career or whatever, this is a career. And the thing is, that's crazy is that unlike everyone else, I actually own this place. So if they besmirch me, I could actually, you know, if I can, I'm going to be gone for a month. So if I lose money, it might not be their fault. It might be my fault. I'm not going to be here. But if I can prove like that people stopped coming here because, because of things they said. Because of the actions. Yeah. And you what, can take them, you can get them off for that. But I'm, and that, but that's the thing is I'm, I'm also not vindictive and I, I don't have time to fight evil. I only have time to do good. But the point is that some people get so Riled up. They honestly believe that they were a hundred percent justified to come into my woman-owned business and during my open mic with an entire crowd of people here. Mikhail brought his whole family of seven people. We have an actual audience here for an open mic. We've got excited comedians, and for the first thirty minutes, they railroad it, hijack it, and talk about what an asshole I am. That's what happened. You? Why did you? I, I, why did I? And people say, "Why did you, you let it keep going?" The fuck out. Because I am above all. I'm about free speech. I feel I'm, it's cool to be about free speech, but when you come into my house bringing that bullshit, I tell you, wipe your feet at the dough. Well, take th- your shoes off too. Well, that's the other thing is that women know how to bully women better than anyone else, right? Like if any guy would have come in here and done that, the whole comedy community would be up in arms and be like, "How could dare you attack Pam?" I feel you, but it starts with you because it is your house, though. That's but what, that's, if that's I would have said, fuck you, get the fuck out. Everybody would have had your made, back. No, every, they, but then they wouldn't have gotten their say, and then I would still be the jerk. Well, no, you're not the jerk. I see where you're coming from. You're not the jerk for that. You open up this establishment to help the other comedians give them a voice, right? Yeah. And that's what you were doing that particular night when these other people decided to use that same platform and you misuse it. 
you were the bigger person for letting them say what they wanted to say and then leaving at the end. But at the same time, you don't have to pull up with that bullshit here. You at any point in time, you could have cut that microphone off and yeah. said, "Listen, you three outside right now, we're not doing this here as a time and place. If you had a, if you have something against me and what I do here in my establishment." Then you can talk to me one on one. You don't bring this up to my crowd. You don't bring this up in no event. Who do you think you are? Do I come to your house with shit on my shoes, walking through your kitchen? No, I do not. <laughs> I think well that it's I'm not. Well, I wasn't. I guess strong enough to say that. I'm, I'm, I'm coming to come here next myself. time. Every open mic now, you got me. That's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna be right there at the oh, door. I won't let them back. I mean, they don't. They don't get to come back without apologizing to me for attacking them. They're not my gonna apologize. Home. Oh no, of course not. They're not going to apologize. Well, the one, it's so funny. The second girl who spoke first, she like says, I don't mean to flex. And then she has this like, I mean, it took everything for me not to be like Trump and call her names because I am so mean. Like I can go on rampages and call people like fat, condescending, pretentious cunt faces. I can say things like that. And I don't have a problem with it because I like the word cunt. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I own it. And I, I like cunt. I, 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 lo- I love that word. I think it's a strong <laughs> word. I think it's stronger than pussy. I think that cunt is like, yeah, like we got this. Like, but I, I couldn't, I just, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I was just, I felt like just keep it going. And one of my the Crimea River song is on great one of my buddies who she uh, has a show here at the station that's a completely feminist show who would I'd be so offended if I what, you, me using the word cunt but she actually got on offended me and said you're silly it really isn't the platform and they started fighting with her and she's just like I am a hardcore feminist I was interviewing a woman today about um Home, the homeless population and they're 106 times more likely to be raped and she goes on this whole thing and then she says this just isn't the time or place slander is this and this is what this is and they still wouldn't even listen to her and they just kept going and going so I should have shut it down and shoulda woulda coulda there's all kinds of things I wish I would have said but I mean it was just I was just trying to look them in the face when they were telling me terrible things to make them feel like and they were burning they were like we are so justified and so happy looking in her face telling her this and I'm like I'm so glad I can finally give you a legitimate reason to not like me wonderful because I knew you didn't like me before I knew you never liked me I knew I've always known and you played nice with me but I've known and yeah. now now you finally have a, isn't that nice that you finally have a legitimate reason not to like me because come on and to call me a, I, I don't have any ulterior motives I don't have time for ulterior motives because I'm too busy being honest <laughs> I'm too busy being high and living in the moment I can't even I, just, I feel I, you on that you are a nice person I think they knew that That's, this is the thing about bullying for the way what I see the story you just told me uh, they came in all three of them they came three deep to confront you here at your place mm-hmm. so live on the, air live on air mm-hmm. so they knew what they were doing this was premeditated mm-hmm. all right uh if, if it was a real if, if they were being and i hope they're listening because i want you to come i, I, I motherfucking yeah, double I dare your motherfucking there was a whole thing is that no one pays attention because i booked him six weeks ago and no one had a problem with it until back like then, day before that back I then booked you know him, what I, it's been on the website it's been on fantastic comedy clubhouse it's been on the website we even made the flyer and nobody had any problem with it until like day two before. days before. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, people are pulling shows and everyone's getting upset. And I'm yeah, like, play this shit. didn't blow over? They, it, if, if, if they were trying to be grown and professional, it would have been one person that would send you an email. Hey, I want to come talk to you about this. Yeah. I've seen this. 
uh, we need to talk urgently before your show. Yeah. It'd have been one way to handle it, and that's the that's the maturest way to do it. Feels like these three individuals, and I, I really hope you're listening. My name is T.K. Moyer. I have open mic every Monday and Thursday at Edinburgh Castle Pub, 950 Geary Street. Only only black guy in there half the time. He's a kid you can the find me. I got a panther hat on. He's Carolina a panther. You can you can find. Please find me. But <laughs> the fact is that uh, they came three deep, and it feels like when people come three deep. They're already hyping themselves up, right? Yeah. They need to have backup. And they were probably drinking beforehand. I don't and know. It, probably not, actually. I, 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 I'm not saying anything nice about these individuals. Okay. They were probably <laughs> drinking and having devil orgies before they got here. Yeah, and then they say, you know, they came here trying to start a fight with someone who was very nice. Knowing that you're not going to have a confrontation on a live show of yours because you're more professional than that <laughs> they came and tried to destroy something big I hope you three individuals yo come find me I have a radio show as well on Thursday yo yeah just come find please come find me please yeah. I, 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 I wish you would because uh, on my show last last Monday I think we're talking about the same individual because before I started uh, the show I was doing a you know how you do like five ten minutes before you bring the comedians yeah, up yeah warm up the crowd let everybody know you're starting you give away drinks because you're a king <laughs> I, I try to get you. I try my best to get people that energy up but uh, last one it was a great show but then like this one guy comes and says hey man just so you know uh, that guy right there is a rapist and I was like cool and I just I, I didn't know who he was I, really, I just ignored him and then like uh, he came and said it to me again and I was like Okay, I'll look into it. So I called three people I know who work the circuit a lot, two of which I know from open mic and one woman that uh, just works the circuit a lot. I see her name out there a lot. And I brought up to the smoke room, asked him the question. The woman said straight up, like, yes, I know the woman who accused him. And a lot of places uh, banned this individual. And I said, okay, that's that. And then I talked to the other two people. They had like no clue. One guy had just heard it from the same person who told me. And I, in my head, I was like, okay, so do I, do I just ban this person, even though I don't know nothing about this, or do I uh, give this person a chance? Uh, let him explain this side of the story to me and try to get to the bottom of this before I just ban him. He didn't perform that night because he had left. I have a very strict rule: if you sign up and you leave, you're not, you're not doing my stage. Uh oh. No. No, yeah. I refuse that. I don't like when people just come in and sign up and bounce, or have people, right. other people sign they up for you. They come, they eat, they leave. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that, especially when you come and I have the rules already set up, and mm -hmm. I said it in the beginning and again in the middle, and you're just doing everything that you, it shows that you won't listen and you won't there for that. Well, or it shows that they think they're too good for open mics. Yeah, I don't like that. Or they like think that. they're too good for your rules, which I don't like either. I think that that's. I don't. I don't I play mean, that at all. People come in, they're like, "Well, I've been doing kind of." It's like follow the rules. I had one person stop to me like that too. You know, oh, it was it was great because it was one of those moments where I know I could have got nasty, but I kept it. I kept it grown man. Mm -hmm. uh, they were like uh, they ran the light for about a whole another three minutes. What? Kaiser and I in the front row waving at this person. Both have our flashes on. Yeah. And they keep saying one minute, one minute, one, one more joke, one more joke, one more joke. And I was like, all right, uh -uh. put a Starbucks at their name. And then afterwards, I was like. 
uh, what was up with that? And he was like, I'm just sorry, you know, I've been doing comedy for like two years. I feel like I'm better than everybody in here. <gasps> and I was like, that's cute. I've been doing comedy for nine years. It took me a year to get this open mic started, and it took me an additional year to get this top room opened up. So when I give you the mic, and when I give you the light, I will really respect it and appreciate it if you follow the rules. Right. So with that being said, uh, you're not going to perform here again for a while. Like yeah. when I say a while, I mean like you have to show and support the other comedians before I put you back on the stage because I will not tolerate any blatant disrespect from anyone. Right. You, you don't you don't see what I had to do behind uh, behind the scenes to get this up and running for you to come in here I don't even know you you didn't even introduce yourself to me yeah well, you, like who who do you well, think you are it's the same thing with the girl who came in here and was like told me I, I, Pam Benjamin I officially will never book you on a show it's like well you've never booked me anyway so I'm not oh, too concerned wah, wah. I know but with her telling other people it's, oh, it's I, bad but but the whole thing is that they disrespect what they what they all did was they disrespected everyone's time in here who signed up did. on that list and they took out 30 minutes to, and that that was and she even said it in her thing oh because I said because I, I said to her I'd really like to move on and to get to the comedians who've all signed up and are here and let's be funny and she was like oh the open mic comedian don't get to do their four minute set and it's like you pretentious bitch you come in here to yell at me you take advantage of their time of their audience and then you say you're better than all of them and you lecture me for seven minutes like give me a break so I think one of the reasons I left it on is I just thought let them dig their own graves let them dig their own graves like I just maybe that's what I was thinking as a diatribe is like I mean that makes sense too you show it's, it's it's a sense of you, the fact that you sh- let them show their true colors, right? In my opinion, the world gets to see these people. The the the, fa- the facade is off, right? The mask is off. You get to see how nasty an individual gets to be, right? For, I mean, nasty like potato salad with raisins in it. I'm talking that about is nasty. That's nasty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it and, and it works Who out. Does that? Nobody does that, right? You're just saying it because no, it's it, funny. People do that. No. People do that's that. That's enough. That's a that's an emotional and religious affront to potato salad. People do that nasty shit. But yeah. Yeah, they I, showed. They I've, showed. I've the seen. I, and it's. it's I was. Yeah. 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 But just, I'm so glad that you survived well, that. Thank you. I'm so glad that the people here, because I still heard great things about that open mic, regardless of those three individuals. <laughs> I was wondering about that on Facebook when I seen that uh, status you posted up. Right. But I didn't. I'm not the kind of individual like I might put a question mark or something as a comment, but I'm not gonna. If, when the next time I see you, I ask you about that. Right. 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 Because well, it's it the the podcast is hard to listen to, and it's what I've heard from my friends who've listened to it, or people who've supported me. They've said ultimately, I think though they think those girls were right, but they feel terrible that I was attacked, and they respect my decision to have an opinion. Yeah, I mean, and and that's the thing when it comes down to is they came in and attacked me with my own free so like I provide a platform for free speech so I allow them free speech so I also allow myself free speech so they're we're coming into my house saying that their free speech is better than my free speech and they're saying that as feminists they need to defend other feminists while attacking a feminist so it's like you're attacking Three women are attacking a woman-owned business. Talking yeah, about feminism. Talking about you're a feminist. You're more like a fucking bully. But exactly. So it's just like what? And but, they didn't even do it in the right way. It's, and then I hate when grown people. I, 
I'm just turning. I'm just turning thirty. I just turned into yeah. a grown man. <laughs> I just got the, I got the fa- the pamphlet yesterday. Cool. Right? Yeah, I came. I've been the reading it. Good. I got the rule book, and I've been doing my best to like abide by these rules. Right. In society, don't ghost girls with a text, or don't ghost with even without a text. At least text. At least, at least I like to do phone calls, mm-hmm. or just sit you down in public somewhere, and we'll have a conversation about it. Right. This that way, it's one on one, and you can see me and how I'm feeling. Sure. Right. But if you have a problem with me or anything that I do, how about you send me a message so we can meet up and we can talk about these differences? Sure. Opposed to you bum. I wish a motherfucker. That's some black people shit right there. I wish a motherfucker would <laughs> come into my establishment with that bullshit. Like straight up. Like who do you think you are? Like I understand you might put on shows. And the fact that you put on shows, I respect you in this business. I do. But would you like it? You know what we should. You know what we gonna do? <laughs> that individual. <laughs> we about to go to her establishment and some fuck some shit up. Oh no, it's too. <laughs> I, she she does shows at the punchline and stuff. So I'm. They already. They don't. They don't like me there. So I'm. Oh, speaking screwed. of which, I guess who's about to do some his own shows at the Cobb's Comedy Club? Really? Are you gonna be? Are you doing it by yourself or with Hella Funny or with your own company? My own thing. Really? Congratulations! That's I'm really do it. exciting. I'm gonna do it. I got the contract yesterday. Wow. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna get the money up. I'm gonna pay them the money up front and I'm gonna uh, book this. I'm thinking like another month or a month and a half in advance. Wow. I'm that's getting the great. lights and everything, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a show to rock San Francisco. Are you? What day are you choosing to do it? On like a Saturday I, night late or a? Tuesday uh, they or said a the days they have available is Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday. So oh. I'm looking for any Thursday's upcoming. Thursday's not bad. Thursday's not bad, but Thursday's I want good. I want a three day weekend. That way, mm. on Thursday on night, su- oh, I can do a, a, a after party. Right, because you have no. You're right. Do it on a Sunday on a three day weekend because then you have your Thursday at Edinburgh Castle. Doesn't fuck anything up. Yeah. Everyone has the three day weekend for fr- Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. Monday. Do it on the Sunday. That's really smart. That's all. That's exactly yeah, what I want to do. That's super smart. Uh, yeah, man. I think that's the that's the best way to handle it. But yeah, man. Huh. Let's let's change gears. Cause yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm getting I'm getting upset with someone. Yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm a very. Uh, I'm a, I'm a different kind of person. Like uh, growing up, I, I used to hate fighting. I never, I wouldn't. Even if I got into a fight, I would hardly fight back because I didn't want to hurt nobody. Yeah. I right. I'm not. At the same time, I'm not. A, I'm not a punching bag. So anything <laughs> I would do is like I would just grab people's wrists and make them stop hitting me or something like that. Sure. But I didn't realize uh, that I was a, a big protector until I got the, I got out of the navy, right? And then like uh, I think my cousin was at. A, I was me and my cousin and his wife at a club. And we were chilling. They had 25 cent beers. Oh, wow. And it's only in North Carolina. <laughs> 25 cent. And they're not even like little shots of beers. They're like actual. They're, well, they came in red cups. Oh, okay. So like you had. Yes, yeah, I'm cool with that. I'm, it's 25 cent 25 beer. Cent? And you see them poured and everything. No foam. It was amazing. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and then like uh, we were just drinking and chilling, looking at the dance floor. And I got bumped into, and I turned around, and it was my cousin who bumped into me by somebody else. Mm. And they were talking shit to him, like, yeah, what the fuck you going to do? And my, my first initial reaction was, that must be his buddy. Because that's how I play with my friends, too, sometimes. Oh, right, right, right. They don't see me, and I'm like, yeah, what's up, little bitch-ass nigga? Something like that to scare him. Sure. Right? But my cousin's response to that, he was like, yo, I don't want no problem. And the dude was like, nah, I'm going to fuck you up and take your bitch. And that's what 
and that's when Who's I was drunk. That's a problem. And that's when I. That's when I was like, uh, now my cousin, my cousin ended up breaking. He, <laughs> it's hilarious to me. He saw that I was getting upset because I, I had him. I had him. I turned my head around and it was real. I was like, all right, mm. hold my beer, Kayla. <laughs> and Greg was like, no, turns no, please turns no. And I fucked the old boy up. I fucked him up, and this other boy didn't want no. He didn't want no juice. He didn't want no problems at all. Security comes over and stuff, and they were like, "Yo, we saw the tape. They didn't even say anything to you. Like, why did you get into the fight?" I said, "Cause that's my cousin. That is my family. If you mess with my family, you mess with me. I don't give a damn if they're in the right or wrong. You got a problem with them, you got a problem with me. I'm a big protector like that, especially here in San Francisco. I think I've gotten into like four different fights protecting uh, people that I love out here from this. Like, I remember one time it was a." Uh, the last fight I got into was like two years ago, I think. Uh, this, uh, I was at, uh, what's that, Love and Propaganda, I think it's called. The, the nightclub, I don't, I don't really know. like it. I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of it. But Is it an expensive place? It's a hoity-toity place? It's, it's, uh, it's really, it's very posh. Mm. Um, it's not really my scene. I went for a friend's birthday, and after we went, like across the street, it's like right behind the Apple store, where's where we were. Oh, okay. You were in Union Square, like by Ruby Sky. Yeah, exactly, kind of right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then this one dude started following us because he was trying to get one of one of the girls. Mm. And so we just we hung back, we sat back. He joined us, we talked, got to understand what he wanted and what he what he was trying to do. To which we replied like, "Hey man, we about to bounce. We appreciate it if you went your own separate way because we're going to a private party." Right. And he was like, "It was a white dude. He was like, I think two. Was that like? I think like." Five, six years older than all of us. Okay. And he was like, he was like, yeah, what you say, little nigga? <gasps> Weird. Was, Not was, the right response to that. And I, I just, <laughs> I just giggled. <laughs> I giggled really. I was like, the weirdest response. I was like, look, one man. white person comes out like he wasn't even like Filipino. No, nah, he was, he was like, straight up white. He I was mean, whiter than mayonnaise in a snowstorm. Wow. Like straight up, and I just looked at him. And I was, he used. The N word out wow. And I, I, I see what he was doing. You know what I'm saying? It was, was a, he trying to be like, I'm your bro, bro. No, he was no. he was trying to challenge me because I was the one kicking him out. <laughs> that's, that's all it was. Oh. And so like uh he was like, No, nah, I'm gonna stay here. I'm gonna hang out with the girls, you gonna do about that like and he said nigga again and I said, Listen man, I'm gonna be honest with you, dog. I'm not here for the violence. I do not want any trouble. But if you call me out my name again, we're gonna have an issue. And he looked at me and he like fixed his mouth. He said, mm, and I just knocked his ass the fuck out. Yes, please. I would love to do that. Uh, and then the time before that, I knocked his ass. Like, he, I, one so hit. do you, uh, you have to have your thumb outside your hand, right? Outside, Not inside. Yep. Outside your hand. If you have it inside your hand, you're going to break, your, break thumb. your thumb. Yeah. yeah. Outside your hand, keep your wrist straight. Uh, it's it's more than just your fist. It's about your core as well, right? Right, because you got to so, push from the center. So uh, you start, the energy comes from the ground up to your legs, to your uh, core. This to is where, some judo shit. So where you're twisting, <laughs> right? So you see your target, right? Yeah. Your eyes on your target. You twist your body. You rotate it, right? And then as you're going forward, you extend your arm until it connects. And you keep your wrist straight. And then you just follow through. You do not just stop and pull back. You follow. As soon as, when you make like, you're trying to punch through them. Uh-huh. Right? So you punch and you keep going with all that force. All the energy from the ground that came up is then transformed to their body, transferred to their body, and they go flying. How do you not get arrested when this happens? The only reason oh, that I've never... Oh, because I was I've peeping never... game. I, I was, uh, when I, I'm, a, I'm a very, I have, uh, I have PTSD and ADHD. 
I'm and I'm constantly afraid to be honest with you. I'm I'm always afraid. When I go outside, I'm always afraid. Sure. I don't I don't not drink in public. Uh, if I do smoke, I'll smoke inside of a building. But then when I go outside, I wear my shades. Sure. And I I'm very friendly, but I'm peeping everything out from the next two corners, the next two blocks. I'm looking to see what's going on. I'm looking to see all the individuals walking up. I'm looking to see who's behind me. I'm taking my time as I'm walking. I'm breathing breathing from my diaphragm. It's a lot that goes into this. My sure. girlfriend asked me, she's like, babe, she doesn't know how I do it. She like, she like, you, you think too much. I'm like, you say that, but I'm alive right now. Right. Opposed to a lot of other black people who's been killed by cops. You got <laughs> to know, you have to know where you're at at all times. So yeah. you always have to be panicked. It's a, it's a full-time job. And so before, when he said the first nigga, I was already looking around. Right. And I was like, okay, love and propaganda. There's no cops over there. There's no cops over there by Walgreens. There's no cops over there by that. Okay. Let's go to the sidewalk. And if he says it louder, more people will hear him. And then they'll see my my uh, my response to this. Right. Because growing up, I, always, I was always defending myself or I would always get caught throwing the punch. See, that's and no one would be like, well, I didn't see him do anything. That's how I always got in trouble is that like my brother would start it and I wouldn't say anything and he'd go, shut up, Pam. And I'd be like, I didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. Shut up, Pam. And it would keep happening till I'd be like, duh, and I'd freak out and then I'd get in trouble and people would be like, Pam, why are you yelling? You're always yelling. We're right here. We hear you. And I'm like, okay, you hear me, but you're not listening. He's totally fucking with me. But I wouldn't say fucking because we were a Christian family mm -hmm. and no one would let me say that. But it was like, people would like, you know, Egg me, egg me, egg me, like point, 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 uh, until uh, I finally, oh, it's okay. okay. I finally just would explode and then I would get in trouble. So my big worry is that, like, there was a time um, outside of Brainwash that um, a comedian who doesn't really do comedy anymore started yelling at me and saying terrible things about me and calling me a slut and calling me all these terrible things. And I wanted to punch him in the face. Mm -hmm. And people kind of had to hold me back because he went to law school or something and I was like they were like if you hit him he will sue you and you will get in trouble we're all here we're all witnesses don't hit him and I'm like how come guys get to hit each other all the time and no one goes to jail but if a girl like oh, they go to jail I, oh they do they go to jail people get in trouble when they hit other people yeah they go to jail because it happens a lot what you you don't see it but what happens a lot of times is if you get into a fight on the grounds of this the property of this club no matter if you're inside or outside and they get any kind of uh let's say so for example right you know a lot of a lot of bars and stuff they cut you off yeah drinking uh -huh. because if you go and get into a car wreck oh, they're it, put to blame they can be if you're yeah. if you were overserved, if you can prove that you were overserved, or um if you're underage, yeah, and that they can and, and to get underage is the big thing. Underage is the big thing because they can actually prove it. I got those blow, but overserved is hard because you never technically know when someone's in a blackout. True. So, because when I'm, I've been in blackout. So this is a perfect example. Not yesterday because I was laying low because I'm afraid to go out in the comedy community because I've been bullied and I'm afraid that no one will laugh at me because they don't like me anymore. Uh, but last week I went out with Charity, who I love. Heart, heart, hump, thump, thump, love her. She's been getting so much better. And now that she's like dressing with these suits and talking about boobs, love her set. Uh, but I have, and I have her on this Friday. Anyways, last Thursday, we're at OMG together. Everything's great. And I tell her, you know, oh, I 
I'm going to Taupe after this and I, I want to sing karaoke with you because she's such a great karaoke singer and I was like super excited to hang out. But, so we get to Taupe and um, I'm already a little bit, I, I knew, so I'd, I'd had one beer before I got to OMG, then I had two IPAs at OMG and I was trading with bartenders so I wasn't spending any money. I was, I have the pot nuts. Yeah. And so then I went to Taupe and I remember the, only, the last thing I remember was asking for my second beer there, which meant that it was my fifth IPA and it was around 8.45. I guess I did my set. This is, I, I, I sit down, I, I, I remember, the last thing I remember is waggling the nuts, getting the beer. I don't remember anything else, but I guess I performed. Charity said I killed it. And then in the middle of the next person's set, I looked at her and I said, have I gone up yet? And she was like, Oh, sweetie. Yeah, you went up about three minutes ago and you killed it. And I was like, oh, okay. And I guess I finished my beer and my blackout Pam said, leave now, go home. I had my whole job rocker, Max. I had my whole, Mm -hmm. I had my whole, oh no, I had to leave. That's right. I had to stay to the end of the open mic because I let them borrow the PA system that was mine. But I still only had those five beers total. I guess I just hung out. And then... The open mic was over and I took my PA and I guess I woke up at my house. So I never sang karaoke, but I, I lost a bunch of time and I lost charity when she, cause I guess I left her and went off somewhere else. And I, I was wandering the streets around like, but I don't remember it because when you're in a blackout, it's not that you black out and fall asleep. You're still yourself. You just stop creating memories because yeah. you created so much brain damage that your brain goes swamp and just memory full. Yeah, it just goes. <laughs> but I hadn't eaten dinner, so oh, yeah, I hadn't eat eaten anything, dinner. and I had five IPAs, and my brain went bye bye. But I was still awake. I still interacted with people. I got home. I didn't lose anything. I didn't spend any money the whole night. I didn't, and I didn't lose the PA system. Everything was great. But my point is that nobody knew, none of the people, even Charity, when I said to her, did I go up yet? She's yeah, like, no clue. She, and the next day I was like, yeah, that means I'm in a blackout. Yeah. And she's like, oh, oh, I had no idea. I'm like, exactly. That's the thing. So it's really hard to prove that you've been overserved. Well, uh, is. The fact that all you got to do is blow a point oh eight to be considered to have right. a DUI. Yeah. All you got to ask is where you're coming from. Right. And then you already put the blank. I learned that in London. When I was in London and stuff, um, they uh, as a bartender at uh, the, the the Jazz Cafe in Camden Town, I got to meet some of my, I got to meet John B. You know, do you remember John B.? White dude sings R&B in the 90s. He had, a, he had a one, one of the last songs with Tupac before he died. Right? I don't know. He's a cool, cool, smooth white boy, like straight up, man. I got to meet him. I got to see meet that woman who sings American Boy. You can be my American boy. American Is that, that's boy. That's a boy, Take not a girl. It's a, a girl woman. singing. Uh, that's what I thought. Yeah. Take me out to da I want to see LA. That's a great song. Take me out to da I want to do someday. I really want to. Okay. Something freaky with you. You can be my American boy. American boy. That's such a good song. That's so great. What a good song. And when you're in England, and that was That's the American so, boy. I got to meet her. I got to meet her. I got to meet KRS One. Uh, Whoa! Yes, he gives the best shows ever. Uh, but anyway, uh, they, I, when I was a bartender there, 
uh, I, they had a promotion for the bartenders. If you sold this many combination of shots, you can uh, go home with your own bottle. And so when they said that shit to me, I was like, bet. You don't even know who you're talking to right now. Yeah, I, I win all bets. <laughs> I, I am. I love, I love any kind of small competition. Yeah. And I love hitting mark. If you give me a quota to fill, I'm going to make sure this shit is done. Like, I love stuff like that. So the first night they tell me this, I was like, well, what kind of alcohol do we get? And I was like, we'll get a bottle of vodka. I was like, can I get Hennessy instead? And they were like, well, if you sell 20. We'll give you this vodka. If you sell 30, we'll give you a bottle of Hennessy. Wow. And I sold 20, 22, right? Yeah. The thing, the combination is, is six shots of either tequila, uh, Jaeger, or something else, right? And, but this one dude came Easy up. Easy to sell Jaeger. And I'm, I'm very charming when I want to be. Like, right. I, it's easy I for me to. charming all the time. It's easy for me to sell drinks. Like, sure. Like, so this one dude kept coming back to me, kept coming back, and kept <gasps> coming back, and kept coming back, and kept coming back. But he was, he seemed fine. Sure. He seemed fine. And I was getting worried for a second. Like, hey, man, maybe, like, I want his free alcohol, but not to the price of you getting in trouble, right? Sure. He's like, no, I'm good. And my boss comes up and be like, listen, TK, we've been noticing, old boy, he's been drinking a lot. And I'm going to be honest with you, we haven't like really told you the rules about this, but if it gets to a point where he needs to get kicked out, you can get in trouble because we can get in trouble. Mm. And I was like, That's, I understand. And he said, also, if he stays the entire time and starts throwing up, you're, <gasps> you're cleaning up after him. Sure. And I was like, Bet he ain't get no more drinks for me, sure. right? And then I, that's when they told me like, all you gotta do is point blow a point zero eight. That's not much. That's not much at all. Right. And we get in trouble for that. It's like yeah, same things here. It doesn't. You don't have to be stumbling drunk or passed out sleep. If you get pulled over by any cop, right? For any reason, you could be. You could have had. Just two, three beers, and that happened during. So my DUI, I was I was wine tasting in mm-hmm. uh, Paso Robles, and I had a camera with me and I took pictures of all five wineries that I tasted at and unfortunately I didn't eat breakfast and I got super drunk now people told me after my DUI you can get a lawyer and you can sue that last winery because they should never have served you but they didn't know but they didn't know and I and but I said oh I've been to four other wineries they like so I, and I talked to them and all this stuff. I mean, the last thing I, and they've served me a, a lot, but it was wineries. And I was like, I'm not going to get these people in trouble. I take responsibility. I'm the one that didn't eat. I'm the one that went to five wineries. I'm the one that decided to drive my car instead of staying there and having lunch. I could have stayed there and had lunch. Yeah. I could have slept in my car. There are all kinds of choices I could have made besides driving my car and then eventually getting in a wreck. So, and, but people were like, no, 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 you can totally get them in trouble. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. I can't do, I can't do that to people. No, like, of I, course I, not. I'm not going to. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. I've had, I've heard those voices in my head. You just sound like, we can sue the shit out of these people. But I'm like, dude, honestly, I was in the wrong and I'm not going to bring this to their establishment. They've worked hard to build this. It's a great winery too. It's called Gray Area. Everybody go to it. Like, it's in Napa? It's, it's in uh, Paso Robles. It's off the oh, 46 West. So the 46 is a is a highway that kind of is, there's an east one and there's a west one. And they, they're broken up by the, uh, the 101. You have to kind of jig and jog. And there's wineries on both sides. And... I, I used to back in my bougie days. I mean, I used to be a I used to be a housewife. We owned a house. I drove a Lexus. I was a wealthy woman. My ex husband was a veterinarian, and um, I loved wine. I've always loved expensive wine, and I love wineries, and I love 
drinking and tasting wine and I love pairing wine with food and I just love it. We used to have a wine cellar. We used to spend lots of money on wine clubs and have it sent to us. It was one of the things I miss about being rich is, yeah, is that. wine. I really loved wine. The only thing I don't like about wine is that no one tells you when your teeth turn purple or your lips get no that one, weird. Like, I hate that like shit. That chola, like that chola lip, lip liner thing you get when you drink too much wine and no one says anything. And it so I try not to drink as much red wine as I used to or if I do I try to be aware of it and like carry like wet wipes so I can wipe off my lips or like a toothbrush or something yeah. so that I don't look like this weird old wino lady uh, I, that's I told uh, my girlfriend that uh, when we she took me to meet her family in, uh, in, in Thanksgiving last year her entire family right and it was dope I was I was honored to be invited I was happy I was excited to meet everyone but one thing that uh, she didn't tell me really was that they like to drink wine, not uh-huh. not like in a crazy amount, but to be sociable. I don't like to drink. I know growing up Christian like that with my aunt and uncle, like they don't drink, they don't curse, none of that stuff. You right. feel me? Yeah. I was lucky to watch hood movies, but <laughs> <laughs> but like no, nah, they didn't do that. So I never like really required a test or acquired a taste for beer or alcohol or any kind of I didn't start smoking weed till I was twenty four. Wow. When I left the military I met this Cuban wow. girl. Cuban girl who sold mason jars full of weed. Yeah, oh, right. And my I, kind of girl. She boy, I'm, she's cool as hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but then um yeah, so I go to Thanksgiving. And everyone's trying to get me a glass of wine. Like, get you a glass of wine. I'm like, nah, I just drink water. No, nah, I just drink water. It's cool. I just want some water. I just want some water. Eating food. Yo, get you some wine. I'm like, I just want some water, please. Like, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And she pulls me to the side like, listen, I'm going to get you a glass of wine. Because I see you're getting annoyed, all right? You don't have to drink it. Just hold it. And I was like, what's the deal? She was like, uh, we like really good wine. Like we we when we drink wine, it's like uh we're coming together as a family. That's what it is. It's not where we're getting drunk, but they think you're trying to be polite. And I was like, no, I just don't want no fucking wine. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, a <laughs> that's my buddy Eddie. Okay. Uh, yeah, they just you just didn't want it. So did you drink the wine? I drank a little bit. I drank. I, I mean, I, I drank some, and then like uh, ended up drinking a little bit more because we were watching the game. The oh. it was the Golden State Warriors. They played the day after Thanksgiving, so that her family meets the day after Thanksgiving. Smart. That way, uh, you can go with your in-laws on Thanksgiving. Wow, and that's that way, really thoughtful of them. That way, everyone has no excuse to miss <laughs> uh, the, the actual, the real Thanksgiving, right. right? And we're watching the Warriors. One of her aunties. It's a huge Warriors fan. Oh, and right on. She, but the funny part is, she like she's my girlfriend is half Vietnamese. Her auntie is full blown Vietnamese, like hundred percent, and she has an accent. And she loves basketball. But to watch her like <laughs> celebrate and hear her scream the player's name in that accent, I was enjoying myself. It gives a new name to the word curry. She should <laughs> you should get her a curry a curry jersey. She has it makes, one because it, it makes sense to have a Vietnamese woman with curry on the back. <gasps> it's be, it's best to be like. Panang curry. Oh shit! I never thought about that. That's beautiful. But dude, yeah, like, curries. I like seeing Indian people with curry on there. Yes, I me the too. Curry I love jersey seeing too. that. I love it. I love, like, I love it. That. I'll be. Curry I love seeing that, man. But yeah, I had some wine during the game, and that was about it. But and you then, don't like to drink in public because you like to keep yourself together, and you don't want to like. I get too comfortable. You get too comfortable. I get. I and, do too. Christ. And I, the thing is, people are not used to my my being here. Like in Carolina. 
I can I can be as loud and as flamboyant and uh, who I want to, and I know it's just me on alcohol. Right. Here, people get intimidated. Mm-hmm. People get like little standoffish, and they start thinking. And you and you can I could see it in them. And some people actually come to me like, "Hey, man, you doing okay? You seem a little angry." Like, motherfucker, I'm just chilling. Like, who are you in the first place? Like, what, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then yeah, so. I always, I just, I always have to watch myself, especially in California. See, I should watch myself maybe more, but I, the problem is that the, like I said, the damage has already been done. My reputation's already out there. I've been known for years as a person who really enjoys drinking. In fact, a lot of my jokes are specifically about my loving drinking. And the problem is that if I were a guy me drinking so much wouldn't it could be seen more as like as a badge of honor but as a woman and it does you're right it does depend but as a woman the amount that i drink i a lot of times people will discount my opinion because they're like oh she's a drunk i think that people oftentimes think of me as drunk as their first descriptor word if they were to be like oh pam benjamin oh she's a funny drunk or she's She's drunk and funny. I mean, <laughs> okay. It's, or she's a pothead. Maybe might come up before. But me being somehow altered is. Oh, I mean, that's just. I think people see me that way, and I. I, I think it might negatively affect me in their opinion. But I'm just doing what I do. Like, yeah. I just just smoke, being you. I just smoke pot all the time. Like, just, just being you. Yeah, I that, like it. I don't know. I'm sorry. That's, that's, it makes I, life livable. We have, you know, that old saying: "It's not about where you're from; it's about where you're at." That's a good saying. That's the, it's the truth. I've taken that with me everywhere I've been, man. So, like, when it comes to, I have to get like when it, when you first meet me, I know this. This is I know exactly who I am and how I get down. When I first go to new places, I don't talk. Really, I'm, I'm a very quiet TK. I'm like I'm. Uh, my girlfriend asked me this question like, when we go to new places and stuff. It could be a club or whatever. I'm just I'm just sit back. I'm just hanging tight. And she's like, "Yo, what's up? You're not talking. You're not dancing. You're not being you." And I'm like, "No, I am being me. I have to scope out where I'm at right now. Sure. I have to read the people. I gotta see how people are interacting. I have to. It's a lot of stuff. I gotta peep. I gotta peep game before I can open up and be me. Sure. Right. And then once I get comfortable. And understand the situation and the people, then I'll slowly, slowly, slowly start getting there, right? Yeah. Like if I go to a club, I'll go in with uh, the first drink I have is a tequila shot and a Corona. The tequila shot is right there in the moment. The Corona shot is just a sip until I leave, uh-huh. like straight, and that's it. Like I have to know exactly where I'm. At. When I go to Edinburgh, though, because that's my home. And I know the bartenders and I know right. the security and I know the majority of people going in and out. Then I can go have two or three tequilas, two, three Coronas and to play pool all night. Sure. But when I'm somewhere new, if I'm at the Golden Gate Tap Room, now nah, just give me one tequila. I'm going to take that back so you can see I'm here to have a good time. Right. And I'm going to drink this Corona. I'm going to sip it. And I'm going to mind my own business over here in the corner and just let me chill. Let me be. Because I've learned that if if I do get into a situation, and when you ask, sometimes you ask for help, no one reaches out to help. No, you. that's that's absolutely true. The pillars lot. I mean, I'm lucky in that I'm a, a a girl, and I have my amazing significant other who's usually there. And when there, he is 
always fierce to protect me. He yeah, is like, oh, yeah. he is fierce. <laughs> like, I'll be like, it's okay, it's okay. And he's like, no, ah, I'm pissed. But like, he's, he's, he's also like protector. But, and, and that's the thing is like, I shouldn't require protection. And I don't, I don't necessarily think, I, I mean, I, I, and I'll, I like it, but I don't necessarily think I need it. I mean, I'm not, I got a great compliment the other night from a comedian friend that I respect very much, uh, Alison Hooker. And she, I love Alison Hooker. Hooker. And she was on stage, we were talking about something, and she said, all the guys in here. And she was like, well, and Pam, but Pam's practically a man. And I was like, oh my God, that's like the best, that's like the best compliment anyone's ever given me. I know I'm totally like a cisgendered man in a woman's body. I'm like just, I was just raised by such misogynists that I just embrace it so fully. Like, fuck them bitches. No, I'm kidding. But but I was like, oh, you think of me as like a strong, like guy character. And I always, I mean, I only had one transgender moment when I was 11 10, 11, 12, um, before I actually like got my boobs and stuff and my period and whatever. But there was a short period of time that I really, really, really wanted to be a boy because I was a ballerina and I was a mediocre girl ballerina. And if I would have been a boy, I would have been fucking amazing because I could do like triple turns and shit. But as a girl, as a girl ballerina, it's like, yeah, whatever. But if I would have been a boy, you'd be kicking ass. I'd be a fucking... I'd be a professional ballerina right now, which is what I really wanted. But, and I even, during that time, I remember asking my teachers, like, can I do the boy parts? Because they'd get these guys in here that didn't know. And sometimes they were like men, like adult, like guys in their 20s and they're lifting like, you know, 11 year olds. And it was kind of creepy and weird. And I was like, I will be the boy part. I will be the boy part. And they were like, no. And they always sort of lambasted me for being like kind of chunky and kind of, Athletic and not like wafy and thin and light, you know, like a ballerina, which I wanted to be, but I was just bigger and stronger for whatever reason. And I was like, let me be a boy, let me be the boy parts. And they just never would. And I wish I would have just started wearing the black boy tights and the little white tops and been like, I'm doing the boy part now because I'll get more stage time. (laughs) I even knew as like nine, 10, 11 year old girl, like I will get way more stage time as a boy than I will as a girl. And the crowd will be more into it because they're more. Well, I was in London when I went to Andrew Lloyd Webber School for Acting. Yeah, I just name dropped. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, it's called Arts Ed. And it was that's the first time I had been, because we had to do play with, for the master's program, we'd put on three different plays uh, throughout the uh, year. And then uh, I think the second play we did, uh, this, uh, no, the first play we did actually, we did um, Don Juan Returns from the War. And they had different. I was the first. I was the first and last Don Juan. Don Juan, like the lover of the ladies. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So I forgot which war it was. But so they had different guys play the part of Don Juan. That's so smart because all men can be Don Juan. Exactly. That's a really interesting take on it. It was dope. And then like we had uh, the women playing different because it was so many women. He was he was in a town where all the men had left to go to war, and it was just a town full of women basically. Right. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and so he was just enjoying it, and like the way it was so many women parts. But I remember. This one woman, uh, she was cool as hell. She was like, "Yo, is it cool? Like, I wanna, I wanna play um, Don Don Juan." The, that's great. And, and the teacher was like, uh, "Yeah, let me see." She was like, "Let me see uh, the scene you wanna do." And the thing was, the reason why she didn't get it because she wasn't prepared. 
Oh, because she didn't memorize her monologue. And she didn't remember. Like, the, it's, it's one thing. Like, when you say you want something, right. you got to be ready at that point. Like, as soon as you say you want you want that. You memorize you, the monologue. You never know when someone will say, okay, show me what you got. Right. And you got to be ready. Sure. You got to be beyond ready. You got to be like mindset. I'm about to. I'm about to well, do. you have to have. I mean, a good actor who actually auditions needs a a many different scripts in their head like we know as comedians we have we have many 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 jokes memorized mm-hmm. but if you're an actor Same you have thing. to have a minute monologue that's serious a minute monologue that's funny, funny. a three minute long that's serious a yep. three minutes that's funny and a Shakespeare yeah like if you don't have those five and you should probably even have a longer one yeah like but if you want to like if you want to say you're an actor, if you got to have your you have audition to, stuff. You have to be spot ready right. when anybody says, give me a Go, minute. Right now. You no, better have a you, minute you, of Shakespeare. Don't do the, uh, the thing that they taught me, too. I've never understood this before I went to London because uh, I went to school here first. And it was growing up in the country and stuff. I, I got to, I, think I was in my first play in first grade. It was Santa, uh, It was Christmas play. And that was reindeer number three. All right? right, reindeer number three. I had it was uh, it was two other reindeer in front of me. One was the first one was Rand, uh, Rudolph. I said Randolph, <laughs> Rudolph, and it was another one. And it was me. Then I had to pull the re- uh, red wagon with the fat boy on it because oh, he was Santa Claus. Because he right? was Santa. Sure, they typecast. Yeah, <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> but we had practiced this. I didn't understand the concept of a play. I just I didn't. I just thought we were doing something new in class. We got as playtime. I on the stage, the first reindeer goes out, second one, and then you see me pulling, and I just heard the crowd's reaction, like, ah, and start laughing and shit. I remember looking at the crowd like, yo, I don't know what this is, but I want to do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> right? I want to pull a fat boy around in a wagon. <laughs> for the rest of my life. But then I started uh, studying about what it takes to be an actor and stuff, and I kept reading about monologues. I knew what monologues was, and I just told myself, like, maybe... Uh, I think because I say you need to have at least one good monologue, and I was like, just one good one. But if you want to be stronger than that, you got to come correct. And I was like, maybe you should come with about two or three monologues: one one that's funny, and one that's sad, and then one yeah. that's serious, and then one that's like Shakespeare. Yeah. And that's how I started doing it as a teenager. I got to San Francisco to acting school, and they were like, all right. And then I, they, I, they told me they, they start picking individuals To go on stage To do a monologue And I was the only one To go up there Like not the only one I was It was one person Who did Two other people Did a monologue One person uh, Didn't know that full monologue The other person Didn't know theirs But they said Okay give me another one They didn't know yeah, another anything, one yeah. And I went up And they were like Okay go and I went and they cut me off they said like, alright go to your funny one now and I went wow. directly into my funny one they was like okay go to your sad one now and I went directly into myself like yo you got a Shakespeare and I said I got three and wow. <laughs> and they were like how many plays have you been in I was like uh, just the one in first grade when I was pulling this little fat white boy around but since and I went to London like it, you have to always come prepared sure like even with stand-up, I do stand-up differently. I like to do some improv through and through. Well, you do really great crowd work. I love it. Like, just, you just can interact with an audience, and they really like you and, like, like listening and talking to you and things, and you get them to, you're like, Spartans! Like, that whole thing. Like, you have, like, little games you play with them. They're, you know, they, you you facilitate the audience really well. Like, 
They're part of the show too I learned that in London When I was doing the comedy competitions uh, They would That's where I got the drink ideas from Ah Because they would come out with these Like they gave out shots though Sure uh, I forgot Like some nights it was fireball Some Oof. nights it was tequila Some nights it was something else But they would open the show up Hey guys about to start the show Here goes a shot and I was taking notes. I'm like, okay, that's a pretty cool idea. I loved the one when you did the Rick and Morty, and I was fucking it up because I was trying to listen and trying to participate. And I kept, I didn't understand about the raising hands. I'm like, I have the hands. It was butter. It's to pass butter. This shit was funny it was as hell. That shit was funny as hell, though. But it was beautiful because we we get to have our moment. So it's no longer just me; it's me and you. And now the crowd yeah. has something else to pay attention to. And it's not like they knew this was coming. The well, funniest stuff is the stuff that ends up like you don't even know it's a part of the show. And it gives them the opportunity to go up to the bar and get a drink. That that's the thing is when you're you give people the time to be like, yeah, I'm the host. Get a drink while I'm up, but. Because when the comedian's up, there's really nothing worse than thinking. Everybody's on my side. Everybody's on my team. I mean, that's why at the Punchline and Cobbs and places that are big, they have servers that quietly and discreetly move around so that the people stay in their seats and pay attention to what's going on. Yeah. Like, the you as long as they're looking at you on stage, like, they can be inside laughers or outside laughers is better. But as long as they aren't looking at their phone, getting a drink, or talking to their friend, then, like... Your stage time is, they are paying attention to you and you're yeah. doing a good job. Like, but you, you facilitate that for the, for the person on stage by being like, Hey, I'm up. I've given you, t- it's okay. Go get a drink. Great. Yeah. Keep I'm getting drinks. And then they sit down and then they're like, Ooh, I have my drink. And then they can focus on the audience or on the, on the stage instead of being like, geez, I need to get another drink. Exactly. And I should be doing something else. It gives them the opportunity to focus on the show. So exactly. that's, it's a really great, it's. It's an unknown. It's a skill that I don't think other people are using or acknowledging. And sometimes our rooms are so small, though, that it's like going getting a drink is no big deal. Like it's hope the audience in the bar are the same thing. Like so, it's like it's not yeah. like you're being super distracting by just getting up from your seat, doing two feet to yeah, the bar. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, I learned to do that crowd work since I had to sing in the choir at church. Because uh. I, I, I I remember my first song I had to sing it was a Kirk Franklin song that I brought. It's called uh, What You're Looking For. And I didn't know, when I practiced it at home in the mirror, I was like, I'm just singing to myself. I'm pretending to be singing in front of everyone, but oh. it doesn't work because I don't know what they're going to be doing. I can't imagine what their reactions are going to be. Mm. And then once I see their reaction and then I can reply, Fully, I can have a, a correct response to it. So when it comes to like the crowd work, I love it even better when they don't even say it. It's even funnier when the crowd like don't want to participate. Because <laughs> keep asking. It's so beautiful because it starts off. You can see how uptight. I like to pick the most uptight person I can see out there. Yeah. And I'm, if I can make them relax, then I feel like everyone else is also relaxed in sure. a sense. Right? right. And I love it. I'm like, yo, how you doing? No, you, sir. No, you, the one that's who, who's look, you're looking no, directly looking, at me, yeah. sir. You ignore me. Yes, you, sir. How are you doing? We can do this all night, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Until they acknowledge. Yeah, and then they'll absolutely. say something small, and then I'll make them, I try to make them feel good but without being over too over-complimentative. I try to make it be as natural as possible. Sure. Right? Oh, how are you doing? What is? What are you drinking on? What is that? Oh, that's what it is? Oh, cool. Bartender, make sure you don't give me none of those. Okay, that shit looks <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> 
<laughs> and just keep going from the egg, yeah. But yeah, I have a, I have a lot of ideas for Edinburgh. I want to do the a comedy competition there pretty soon. Cool. And then um, I'm starting a small tour uh, from d- different colleges. I'm trying to make a neat team of comedians. You know, you know how like you watch these superhero movies, sure, like the Avengers and Justice League, right? And the concept is I'm trying to make a team of superheroes to do this, right? <laughs> yeah. I want to make a team of comedians. Yeah. And then, like, I want to just take the circuit by fucking storm. Well, the college circuit is is lovely if you can connect to those young kids. Uh, yeah, boy, do they love Twitter jokes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> boy, do they boy do they love Instagram and hate Facebook, as I've learned recently. Facebook is for old people. Yeah, I heard that too. But I mean, it, it is what it is. It depends. That's what just this is kids though. It's a. I was watching some video today. It was uh, remember that old Snoop Dogg. Uh, song I drop it like it's high. Oh, that's Snoo- not even. That's not even it's not that even old. old. It's not even. It's old. not even that old. Like, it was like this kid on there. So much drama in the LBC. It's kind of hard to get Snoop Dogg. Double G. That's but like I, the old. One. That's that's, that's like old. That's 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 the shit. That's gin and juice right, right. there. You know well, what I'm saying? It's, but it's that's like from that's the 90s, early 90s. Whereas drop it like it's hot was like 2006, wasn't it? To us, but like it's hot. Yeah, that was like that's year. Yeah, that was even that long ago. This kid was on the internet seeing a video for the first time, and his first initial reaction was oh that's Fortnite." oh because they because they stole it because they sampled it I, they oh no Fortnite's I, a game the game yeah oh and so they, it's the they soundtrack do on a game the soundtrack and then now it's they like, like do the a, same kind of dance moves snoop dogs the, the, the corner when you drive and you shoot the whores in the face grand theft auto <laughs> grand theft you, and you get to play with the radio. the radio that's like the best part of the game yeah and i was sitting here like man it's gonna be interesting when I turn fifty. Mm. Talking about, can you, can you imagine? I'm almost talk- there, dude. It's scary. Dude, I, w- I want you. I'm gonna be hanging out with you a whole lot. So <laughs> all of my friends, all of my friends, uh, when I was, no, I have no friends my age. Gotcha. Like at all. Like, and there's nothing against people my age, but I just I like to learn from older people people who have experience and like actually know something and learn what not to do oh exactly. my god exactly that's, that's the funnest lesson ever it. yeah even though i know myself i know that i'll still want to make my own decision in the end sure. and experience what i want to experience yeah but when it, it's a difference between someone saying hey i wouldn't do that if i was you player there's a difference between a buddy my age saying hey man i don't know let's go find out like you know sure it, yeah so yeah, man. But when people tell me not to do something, oh, like shit. usually that makes me spite them and makes me want to do it. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like oh, you want to come tell me what to do. Oh, I'm gonna do the opposite just to spite you. Like fuck you, don't tell me what to do. I but that's because I'm really stubborn, and that's it's one of the things that I need to work on is being like, being just so. I like to call it integrity, but it might be stubbornness. Oh, stubbornness is fun, though. But, I mean, that's it, they're almost, they're like two sides of the same coin, like stubbornness and integrity. Because you can't be stubborn about things unless you, like, understand your opinions and thoughts and, I don't know, maybe it's recognized my own prejudice. But I, I, I like to call it integrity. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, so that's... <laughs> my girlfriend be doing that to me a lot. She's, she, I'm very, I'm extremely stubborn. I'm a... When it comes to food, I hate eating. It's weird. Huh. I hate to eat. I love eating. I mean, eating is cool. Like, I love to eat. I love to eat food, yes. But 
if I could go without eating, I would. I can get more stuff done in a sense. Like huh. eating kind of slows me down. Like I would love to go to work and then go straight to uh, Edinburgh to get some stuff done. From there, go home and write. From there, go to sleep, and that's that. When it comes to eating, and it it affects me so much, I don't want to deal with it. If I don't eat, I I, I realize I start panicking. Huh. Well, that's because your body's like elf needs food. Exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm understanding that now. <laughs> but my girlfriend was the one like, babe, like, why? She's like, what's. It was, I when we start, first started dating, she was like, you seem like very upset. What's wrong? And I was like, nothing's wrong. Like, I'm fine. She was like, did you eat today? I'm hungry. Did you eat? And I'm like, no, I, I, I ate yesterday. She's <laughs> like, you need to eat. This is why you're so upset. And I was like, that makes no sense. Why well, I'm, I'm not upset because I'm, I'm not eating. And she, she fixed me like a bomb at like some ravioli with sausage or some shit like that. Mm. And I eat it, and I'm like, you know what? I feel better. Yeah, maybe I was hungry. She like, yeah, you're fucking stubborn. That's what that is. Well, the the trick is. When I I used to think, oh, life is too, I have to move too fast and I have to do too much and I don't have time to eat. But the way that I circumvented that is um, Costco has these really great like... Samplers? No, the meal replacement shakes even. And you just drink (laughs) it. You put it in the refrigerator. It's cold. You shake it up. It's got like 250, 280 calories in it and some vitamins and shit. And you drink it and it tastes good. And it's like, I'm not going to die. Yay. It works as food? Well, it works as a food replacement, yeah. A lot of people use them to try to get skinnier, but I used them because I wasn't consuming enough calories. Like, okay. I just wasn't eating enough. Because I felt the same way, I don't have time, blah, blah, blah. So then it started becoming like, also um, granola bars, and they make such good granola bars. You right, can even yeah. make your own granola bars. You can make your own Chex Mix, Snack Mix. Just have like nuts and yeah, go to Rainbow and get some nuts and some chocolate and some cranberries and just have it in a plastic bag and that way like you can do what you're doing and still like have protein and calories and sugar and it'll help your brain work better if you feed it yeah Yeah, because it's i mean it takes a lot of energy to like think and stuff i think but for me it's, it's just everything that comes with eating it's never just eating by itself it's for me it's figuring out what i want to eat and then I have trouble with it. from what I want to eat, it takes about a good 10 minutes to decide exactly because it's like three different dishes that I really want to eat at that moment. Right. And then from there, it's like, okay, from these three dishes, which, which ingredients do I have at home? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, now, how long is it going to take to make this first one? How long it take to make this second one? And then the third one. The fact that I'm hungry, it's, it's drawn it out even longer. And now I'm getting upset that I haven't eaten yet. And then I can't decide what to eat. It happened yesterday, actually. My girlfriend had called me and said, look, sit down. No, actually, stand up. Put some waffles on. Yeah, waffles. Eat some waffles. It's a quick food. Call me back. You'll feel better. Absolutely. Right? My girlfriend is sometimes my mom. She acts like my mom. She's like, she, that's good. <laughs> she, sometimes you need a mom. That's I, fine. Yeah, she, she's on point. I'm gonna, I need to do something special for her well, pretty soon. The, her birthday is coming up. I'm, what, what, what do women like to do for their birthdays? Uh, like a trip to Hawaii or something? That's extreme. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like, you know, walk at Land's End or something at the, at the old at the old baths that are done and have a picnic I'm going to take it to Hawaii that's amazing yeah I think I'd be able to do that I think so uh, let me suggest something easier than Hawaii because Hawaii has that whole plane flight debacle because it's so far away yeah I'm kind of nervous San Jose del Cabo at the end of the Baja Peninsula tip it's the very very end of um, 
Mexico on the Baja side. And there are, are round trip tickets on now Alaska, West Virgin. Um, I've done it for as low as 128 round trip, but it's been 157 round trip as well. And, and that's from SFO to San Jose del Cabo. And that's like totally cheap. And you can get an Airbnb and there's one that we keep using and it's like awesome and overlooks the ocean. And it, your money goes farther in Mexico and we're in the same time zone. Yeah. So you don't like lose a bunch of time. And it's only like a two hour, two and a half hour flight. It's totally nothing. Actually, I might take it to San, San Diego. Ooh, that's great because you have friends down there. Well, yeah, it's I got some Navy friends there. down there. And you can Airbnb too and it's really yeah. expensive. That is a better place. I think that she hates her birthdays. But she, yeah, take her somewhere because the gas lap is so fun to hang it out is in. so fun. Yeah. 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 And Hillcrest. Like 2008, I think. Yeah, I love Hillcrest. I love University Heights. I have yeah. friends that used to live up there. Go to El Zarape, 99 cent fish tacos. Yay. That sounds amazing. She, uh, she, she goes out for my birthday. Like uh, last year when I got back from London, uh, we weren't even dating. Like we, we became good friends before I moved to London. And then when I got back, I think I got back in April. Uh, I was like Before I got back I was like Yeah I gotta find a place to stay She's like well You can always uh, crash In my extra room it's, it's no problem You just pay me While you're there And everything's yeah. cool And I'm like Alright bet Ended up Hanging out all the time And then we ended up Like going together You know what I'm saying Like yeah. it was like we, we have fun all the time Might as well just Keep doing this Yeah And then like uh, For my birthday She had got me Like my favorite Ice cream cake It was Ben and Jerry's It was what Ben and I think it was tonight, though. Oh, wow. The whole thing yeah. from the Union Square. And then she took me to uh, a J. Cole concert because I love J. Cole. And then uh, she also got me Outside Lands tickets. Whoa! And then she, uh, what? That's expensive. Took me out. She, uh, she took for my birth, after actual birthday day. She took me to karaoke and took me to like this crazy nightclub it was dope and invited a lot of friends over and then the next morning when i was waking up she took me to the little skillet over in soma it's like a fried chicken waffle place uh, yeah 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 I know it's on it point is, yeah. and it, it was it got me some great weed we smoked all day and then, like it was it was amazing. That's, that's really thoughtful natalie her. is the shit yeah that, i'm wow. never letting her go yeah, uh and then like for her birthday last year the big surprise for her was I brought her sister over. Like oh. she hadn't seen her sister, her baby sister, in a while. Her sister goes to Berkeley. Oh, and so uh, one day I had to do some kind of shady stuff to get me this happen though. Because one day she was on the phone with her sister, and then she went to go take a shower, and I had to like go through her phone to get her <laughs> sister's number and call her sister. Like, listen, listen, do not hear me out before you start judging. I'm trying to surprise Natalie for her birthday. Yeah, can you please come? Uh, over before she gets off of work that when she walks in she will see you and she was like fuck yeah oh, I'm, nice. I am there so uh, I put the decorations up I got Natalie her favorite ice cream cake <laughs> <laughs> and then we uh, got her tickets to see um, the Yin Yang Twins remember the Yin Yang Twins I don't uh, they made that whisper song wait till you see my dick wait till you see my dick hey bitch wait till you see my dick I don't know this song I'm gonna beat that that's like that's the I've coolest never song. Heard that song that's it's the great. coolest song ever yeah. they whisper the entire song like it is anyway uh we went to go see them <laughs> uh and then like had an after party at our house 
with just that's uh, crazy. Oh, there's some like she used to be. You guys are like a dream couple. She's amazing, man. I don't even know. I have no idea how Jonathan I got this. Jonathan bought life. me flowers, donuts, and a balloon, and I was like, "You're the best boyfriend ever! <laughs> I can't believe it!" I tried. I just I tried. She's 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 the best. Like straight up. Like I know she's not even listening right now, so I can say this comfortably. Like when I do my radio show, she's lit. Like that's the thing, though. It's stuff like that, you know. Like it's a support that she makes it even. Show, it makes it even better. Like I get, I don't even expect her to listen to it because she's working at that time. Yeah. But when I go home and I see her, she's like, "Hey, babe, that when you said this, that, and the third, da 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 da," and I was really like, funny. "I'm like, what the hell are you talking about?" She's like on the radio, and I was like, "You listen?" She's like, of course I listened. And then she, she, it, it's just dope. I've never had like someone that supportive of the stand up. Sure. And of of me performing and stuff. Like yeah. I was at the the Jewish concert, no the. Contemporary Jewish Museum last week uh-huh. doing a show with Portslight. She's right there in the front row. Aww. And she says like the most like encouraging stuff. She's like, when you when you're on stage, you're so fucking sexy. She's like, Aww. and I was like, dude, like that's thank you. Like that's it's, really, it's, it's the small stuff like that that you look forward to. Yeah, like yeah. And she she she's so, like really really great at it. And um, um, Natalie, Cutler, I know she's not listening, but Natalie Cutler is the best. Yay! Yeah, straight up, son. Straight up. You, well, you may, you may see well, this in the future. You, well, so you believe in you believe in marriage. That's a construct that you say. Yeah, I okay. believe it. I believe in it differently. Um, the way I grew up, you know, is man and woman and uh, love and growing for the future, and I like that. And also, I did more research on it. The marriage came from a time where it was a good business plan to marry someone with money, right? Uh, and that's how the rich stayed rich. And then Absolutely. like poorer people try to manipulate that, but uh, substitute the rich with love and stuff like that. That's sure. what that's what I that's what I had read into. But no, like with That's a financial contract. So yeah, it is. But I mean, with if you're gonna buy a house, make sure you're married. But oh, true. But for any other reason, it's if you're gonna combine your taxes and you're cool with that, the really the, it only behooves you if you get a house. Um, I, and I got the military loan for that, so that's perfect. Right, exactly. So, and the military stuff, you can get a really low interest. You can get exactly. a low, zero. That's how I, we got our my first house when I was married. Is I was a teacher, so we got a zero down. We got a a no interest or a really low interest zero down loan. <laughs> how does that work exactly? So you just because you, I was a teacher, so I got a certain kind of loan where they're like only teachers can get this loan. You don't have to put you know any money down so we put money down but it was at like a really low interest rate it's just something they give you it's the same thing with military so you explain this get- to me because you you are a friend of mine and you know this you have wisdom <laughs> yeah, right yeah. i don't understand a home loan and all of this stuff so i know the neighbors gonna give me a certain amount of money to purchase a house right right with that money i pay for the house and so you put a down payment on the house because houses are so expensive now that there, there's no way, unless you moved out of California, it would be nearly impossible to to you have to it, for to buy a house in San Francisco. You've got to have people usually on your down payment. You want to have at least twenty percent. Sometimes they'll do ten percent, especially because you know when you're buying a house, it's a million dollars. 
20% is $200,000. And then you just you pay the $200,000 up and, front and, that's, and then you just pay the rest of the million off. Well, then you, you have, then you have an 800, then you take out an $800,000 loan and it depends if you do it at prime or subprime or which particular interest rate that you lock in at. You can lock in at a, the longer loan you get, the lower interest rate you can get because it's going to be for a longer time and they can make more money off you. Mm-hmm. So you can do a shorter loan that has, but then you're supposed to, then your monthly payments are super high. Um, so you just, it, and it just depends on how much money that you can prove that you take in every month. To, that's what kind of loan that you can get. Okay. So, that, but when okay. you're married, the bonus is that you are in a lower tax bracket because now you have dependents. You can claim each other as a dependent or whatever. You're in a lower tax bracket and you can, because you're doing your, your taxes become different and you can because you're, you're doing a um, property tax and that's the other thing is that now in California your property tax is based off your your home if you buy it if it was built after like 1972 or something like property taxes can be insane so it, it in this city it's almost impossible to buy a house unless you're like making Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Well, that's the thing. Which I don't is an insane buy amount of money. I don't want to buy a house until I have everything established. That's the way I'm, I'm doing it. From learning, I learned this new trick. Uh, so let me take one of these. Yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, I owned I owned a house with my ex husband. We owned uh, two different houses. We sold one and we bought another house. And um, and now I'll never I never want to own anything again. Like I've done it and it was stressful. And the problem is that when the water heater breaks. There ain't no landlord to come help you. You gotta face you gotta yourself. You got to get your own water heater. Well, that's what the, the, the guy if who the raised roof me. Gave us in, you got to go fix the roof. That's what I learned from the guy who raised me, my uncle. He straight up country dude. Country. 100% country. I mean, so country. You know how like country people talk fast? Yeah. They combine everything into one word. He did the same shit for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, my name is Terrence. Moyer and he called me turmoil like that's how country he was you feel me but he he bought his house his house is paid for because he had a uh, he dropped out of school in 10th grade he tells me these great stories about himself he had a sh- and he had no shoes he had one pair of jeans and he would go work the farm every day in the same pair of jeans till he could afford a pair of shoes and some socks and another pair of jeans. Wow. And that's, that's all he did. It. And he did the same thing uh, when he got his house. So, and then, like, um, also the ancient, how Chinatown started with the Tongs. They would send one uh, member of their family from China to the gold rush. And their job was to save money, buy a house, save more money, and start a business. Or either way, whichever one came first. Sure. When they have both of those, uh, they write back home and tell more family to come Come over. Come on out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, with me, I want the... Because I'm going to start my own LLC. Mm-hmm. And then the touring and the cops and everything I'm trying to do. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saving money. That way I, would, I don't have to use a loan. I don't want to have to use a loan. It's a lot, of, like it's a lot of money I, to I save. Won't, I won't take out a loan on, on this place. And people keep saying, oh, why don't you just get a loan? and do? I'm like, what? No. <laughs> I don't want to owe people no money. I don't want to. It's so scary when you have to owe. I mean, I already owe for the rent every month. So finding something else to owe against is like, ah. I can't even conceptualize. I don't. I don't want to owe nobody nothing. Like I don't want. I want. Yeah. I would love it if my business, my LLC, takes off. This yeah. comedy of mine takes off, and I keep working hard at it. I know it can. I know it will. Like I said, you always got to be positive, but you got to mean positive. it, right? Sure. And I know it's going to take off, but 
as soon as I can afford something, that doesn't have to be a big house. I want to. I just want a small. I don't want a lot of shit to clean. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I read that the same way. <laughs> I don't want a lot of shit to clean. Shit. That's when it comes to cooking. I've been thinking about doing the dishes before I even start cooking. I do too much thinking. That's the problem. Sure. Right? But yeah, I you just, can think while you're doing dishes. It's not a big deal. But yeah, that's what that's that's what takes me so long to eat, though. Because I'm thinking about what to make, how long it's going to take to make it, if I have the ingredients. Okay, so it, and I was going to tell you this earlier. What you should do on Sundays. I used to do this for my ex-husband because he was an emergency veterinarian and he worked nights and weekends, and he'd have to microwave things. And anyways, so at the beginning of the week, on like a Sunday night or a Saturday or whatever. I would cook up a bunch of like carne asada steak. Yeah. And then I would bake, I would take carne asada steak and cheese. And the problem with the guacamole is that when you reheat it, it tastes funny. Same thing with the sour mm-hmm. cream. You got to keep it on the mm-hmm. side. But so it'd be refried beans, cheese, steak, roll it up in a tortilla, freeze and wrap it in, in um, plastic wrap, throw it in a bag in the freezer. And so whenever he needed to, he had homemade microwave burritos. Mm. So you just take out the burrito, unwrap it. If you want it, it depends if you want it to be soft and you want to keep it in the plastic wrap, that's fine. You can take it out of the plastic wrap, you can put it in a pan and heat it up that way, make it like a chimichanga. Yeah. But so, or you could just microwave it at work. But all week long, whenever he freaked out, it was like, I can make a burrito. Throw in the microwave, minute and 30 seconds. Put some sour cream on it. Oh, happiness. Like, yeah. So you just prepare for yourself. And you can be frugal about it too. Like rice, beans, steak, maybe some cilantro and some onions. Maybe some... You're, you're set. Like, that and, sounds perfect. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to write that down. But just, <laughs> that and just make, make yourself a bunch of frozen burritos. Because when you buy like the Amy's burritos or the frozen ones or whatever. They, know, they, 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 they taste weird. And they cost like three sixty nine a piece. So you that. can do it yourself for like less than a dollar a piece. There's all kinds of stuff like that. Make yourself burritos. I love burritos. You can make a chicken. I had to tell people we're at Mutiny Radio hey, right yay, now. Yay, tell everybody. Yay, tell them to listen. On Mutiny Radio with Miss Pam Benjamin. Hi. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah MutinyRadio.fm. We're here. I mean, So teach me something in Italian real quickly before we end up this I know all the bad words. Well. That's, that's uh, the thing. I, know, I remember all the bad words. Vaffanculo means fuck off. Vaffanculo. That's uh, pretty easy. I know culo is butt because culo. Kulo. It's somebody you gotta visit. Uh, so that's that's I know that Kulo is at least Kulo, in Spanish. Yeah. It's ass or butt. Uh then you got um I know oh, damn it's been a minute. Uh damn. Basta means stop. Basta, that's a good thing to know. Manja means eat. eat. I need that one. Um uh, Stronzo. Stronzo means like fucker or something like that stronzo oh, that's asshole stronzo. stronzo that's good like <laughs> back off stronzo uh no I'm, I'm not i'm not too terribly worried i think everyone will, most people will speak english there yeah but speaking of uh italian and italian foods and we said manja you know what they remind me of you know john gabe john gab God, Gab. I keep saying Gab. Yeah, I keep fucking up his last name by accident. If there was an E on it, be Gabe. I know. I don't know why. Gab. Yeah. I think I like the first time I think someone put an E down on the side of his name uh, to, to fuck with it. Sure. And when I read it that way, it's been stuck in my head. Stuck in your yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Ab Gab. That's Gab. how I gotta remember his name. Yeah, yeah John Gab. He has this joke about lasagna. Have you heard it? Is it the one that comes after the um, porn star putting dollar bills in her butthole? 
<laughs> you were, I was there that night that happened. Yeah, that so was, was I. That was hilarious. I was upstairs <laughs> trying to do jokes. <laughs> but no, he has his joke. Uh, I can't do it justice. I, I know he can't. He, oh, he, when he said it the first time, I died. I like almost died laughing. He said, does anybody else think the lasagna is like spaghetti cake? Yeah. <laughs> It's very Mitch Hedberg of him. That's Hedbergian of a joke. That's, yeah. That had me dying yeah. when he said that. Spaghetti cake. He said, can't you imagine, like, the cook? He was like, yeah, I made it out of his favorite food, spaghetti. <laughs> spaghetti cake. Oh, I actually make po- pasta. I make my own. I make pasta from scratch, and I make it with weed. Yeah. So it's homemade. You put weed in your pasta? Yeah. That you can do that? Yeah, because if you put the, if you make THC olive oil, then you use the what? olive oil to make your pasta. So it's the same thing. It's just flour, eggs, How olive oil, How does that salt. get you, though? Super high. My little pasta bundles, like I try to bundle them in like 100 milligram servings because they're really strong. It's, but it tastes really good. You can't even taste it at all because it's in fresh, it's in homemade pasta. That's how I'm blackout right there. That's my kind of blackout yeah. straight up. Well, I, I never, that's the thing. I don't blackout when I'm on when I'm on marijuana, only alcohol. Man, I, I don't blackout. I just... Like the last time I got that high, I remember uh, they have the drops. You have the have the drops before. Do you put the drops in your eyes? In your mouth. In your like mouth. Oh, little... yeah, like tincture and stuff. Uh huh. I've had stuff like that. So I had some, and I uh, I remember uh, Natalie had got me some for my birthday. She's like, "It's yeah, some new stuff. You want to try it?" So I got something that said you should take like one or to two, and I was like, "Man, it's some pussy shit." So I put like three, four, five in my what? mouth, right? And I was feeling great. I felt normal the entire time. It was me, her, and uh, two friends. We went to Sushi Hunter, right? And you oh. ate a lot. You, you hunted that sushi. It wasn't that. I just kept. <laughs> I was being extra, and I could not get a grip on it. And I was like, why am I being so extra right now? Like, it was one point. I could not understand imitation crab to save my life. I didn't. I could not. I didn't. Sure, it's fish. It's just not crab. And I it's kept, a type of fish. I kept saying it's I, Pollock. They were actually. like, they were like, let's get some imitation crab. I was like, why don't we just get crab? And they were like, no, get the imitation. I'm like, but that's not even crab. Why are you calling it crab? Yeah. They were like, no, TK is imitation crab. And I'm like, but it's not crab. They're like, no. I'm like, so why are you? calling it crap like it, this went on for way too long yeah. and that was very serious it's, it's a fish called pollock and they slice it up they put it they layer it in a certain way and then they dye one part of it and they say that the texture is supposed to be crab like but it's it's nothing like crab and, <laughs> and and crab is so like expensive and difficult to get to that's why i understand why it's so expensive but they that they were dying yeah. because they it was just funny to them but i was very serious yeah and then i started talking shit to the food at <gasps> one point and it felt very how normal how many milligrams to me. were in each drop do you I know did know. you look at the thing actually okay. it wasn't even three or four drops i just took the whole uh baster squeeze all oh the air out and just, and just because if it's like 10 milligrams per drop then you probably had like 100 plus milligrams I had a lot of which them. is a lot Especially when it's tincture based, it hits you more quickly because when you when you have an edible, it it gets absorbed throughout your body, but mostly in your intestines is where the th. That's why it lasts for so long. But when you do a tincture, it can be absorbed directly in your mouth, so it goes like straight into your body. It's like it's like putting it in your butthole or like snorting something. It's like I'm getting it now because you know you can take meth and just eat it like. 
and you get high. It's just yeah. different because it's absorbed differently. But oh, I didn't even know that. Shit. Yeah, that shit had me rolling. I think the second time I got high with them, it was by accident. I had told them I would go to them. It was one of these like seminars they go to. It's weird as fuck, bro. Is it a? Is it a? What are they? The weird ones that they make you pay money? Landmark. Yes. Ah! How did you? Ah! Oh my god, this shit was scary. This shit was scary. This shit was scary. Yeah, fuck. because it's a cult that steals your money to take more classes, and they keep telling you like, and you could take more classes and unlock this. Yeah. And take more classes. Go on the week long adventure and take these classes. This shit was so. I had took acid by accident. So oh, they had told me acid I, out of landmark. I had. Pr- I had. I had told them like yeah man I'll go with you but I forgot and then like <laughs> it's like going so, to a psychic on acid this and day. so I just I put acid in I dropped acid that day I'm just, I'm just gonna drop some acid I have nothing else to do tonight and then I also wanna go play some pool at Edinburgh the first meeting's always free Dude, and I wanted to go I wanted to just play pool at Edinburgh we go and uh, they, they come in like yo you ready to go I'm like you come with me to Edinburgh they're like no you said you come with us a landmark tonight and I was ah! like and I couldn't say like no like I couldn't say and I was oh. ashamed to say that I had just dropped acid so sure. I was like sure so yeah. you decided to hide it that's I'm like, good yeah, I was like yeah sure sh- I know I know that now. <laughs> I have a secret <laughs> this will be great for an acid trip <laughs> I'm going with you to a place and you're going to try to induct me into a cult that's going to steal my money. Oh my God. It was so weird. It was the weirdest shit I had ever been to. Yeah, of course. Oh, I need to write that. Thank you for reminding me of this It's a great, it's because people, anybody who knows what Landmark is will know and that's amazing. That's almost like going to a Scientology meeting. That's like being like, yeah, take out the Thetans, man. Let's do this shit. Let's get it done. It's like, it's the same, it's a pyramid scheme like kind of like Donald Trump's um, university, Trump University that oh, he did, that where bullshit, it was yeah. like, you go for a class and then you take the three-day class and then you take the seven-day class and you never meet him and you just keep throwing money and money and money and you never learn anything about business. Um, and then all of a sudden you spent $50,000 and you've gotten nothing for it and you're like, what's going on? And then he becomes president. It's very alarming. The, 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 my, my friends, though, they like really believed in that shit. That was the scary yeah. part about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I was like, I was like, oh, I left way early. Like, of course. I, I was there for Before about 20 minutes. Yeah, I, uh-huh. I did it for 20, and I was like, dude, I, I, I can't do this no more. I was like, guys, I'm sorry, I got to go. And so I, just, I just ran out. Yeah, right? good. Good for you. A lot of people do. And, and the, yeah. A lot of people are too embarrassed <laughs> to run out screaming like their hair's on fire, but that is the right choice. And I was like, dude, this is like a weird-ass black church that asks for too much money. Like, this is asking. They were like, no, man, but it's so good. Like, this one dude tried to propose to his wife there. Uh, oh, his fiance there. Oh, his wife. Well, his now fiance because she said yes and then like this uh other dude had brought his co-worker and she had no clue what they were walking into and you could see it in her body language they made her stand up in front of everyone and like uh, oh it was always a woman who brought a dude there and he was very shy you could see it in him and they're like no tell us what you do we're your friends we're your family are we all family here yeah yeah tell us what you do and he was like I, I work in sales. <laughs> yeah, he works in. Who else here works in sales? Have you since you've been coming here? How's your life changed? Yeah. And I was Aww. like, dude, this is a weird ass black. I am not in the right hands. Jesus is not in this building. Like, dude, I couldn't. Oh man. Well, it's also that you were on acid. Good job getting out of there. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, I'll just tell you this. One time in college, we all took acid and went into a physics six or not physics six. It was like a physics twelve. Final. It was a really smarty pants physics final. And we're all sitting in the room and we all start coming upon acid. And I've got a crayon and I'm like drying on the page and I'm looking around. And after 20 minutes, I was like, fuck this shit. What the fuck 
why are we in a physics final? I'm getting out of here. And I'm like looking around at the other people and I'm like, me, out, out. And like, I just like got up and left. Some people were brave enough to like turn in their paper, but I was like, I ran out of that motherfucking building. I was like, <laughs> and I got outside and I'm like, we're on acid. What are we doing? Let's have fun. Why are we fucking with people in a final? God, what's wrong with us? Beautiful day. We're done with finals. That's why we're taking acid right now, you dummies. Oh my god, that's funny as shit. Oh my god. You, you have been an amazing guest. Thank you TK for having Moyer. me. Uh, share with everybody your Twitter handles and all your things. It's Edinburgh Castle Mondays and Thursdays, and but you can follow TK Moyer on. All it's all all social media. I have the same name as at TK Moyer, the number eighty eight. So at TK. M-O-Y-E-R-8-8. That's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Pornhub, Reddit, uh, everywhere. You can find me everywhere with that same uh, name. You tune in uh, to my radio show. I do that every Thursday, Man Overboard. And I also do Edinburgh Council Pub, 950 Gear Street every Monday. And, uh, Thursday's not Thursday. an open mic, though. It's, uh, it's no, Thursday's an open mic. It's, it's open mic. Yeah. Oh, okay. They just I printed that out on the showcase. I don't know why. I, I don't know. I just thought it was a showcase. I didn't Should know. I start doing showcase? Well... I, I mean, you might as well. I don't I, want to start charging people, though. That's the thing. Well, you could make it a free showcase. I don't want to. I want to make money. That's, that's, right. That's, well, that's, then, yeah. you know, then I keep it an open mic. Because at least, it just depends on your audience. If you start having real people, then yeah, you need to start charging them. If they're comedians, obviously don't charge them. Yeah. But if you have an audience of real people, it makes them feel better to pay you money. Because, like, it's funnier. Do you know what I mean? Like, they yeah. expect, if they pay, then they're there to laugh and they're expecting to. It's, it's, I might start doing it actually. I think that's a great idea. Have Monday night as the open mic, Thursday night as the showcase. Yeah, or at least once a month. Once a month. Once a month, make the Thursday a showcase because that way you're only charging people once a month, and then you tell all your comedians, "Hey, be a good comic. Come support other people, and we'll put I'll put you on it." Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Thank on. you, TK Moyer. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, I will see you very soon. Thank you guys for listening to AltaCast. Coming up next is some Call Me Tim with Michaela Lassick. I'm gonna we're gonna find out all about her experience with God and the whatnot. Thanks for leaving, leaving, listening. Thanks for not leaving us and listening to MutinyRadio.fm. Bye bye. Tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Hey, Mutineers, Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. 
It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Mufi's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastics deep in the mission where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for, <laughs> it's in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. (laughs) What could it be? It's exactly what you think it is. Flat. Black. Plastic. Vinyl, records, round, played, mixed, all 